A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Gary YouTube from Cultaholic joined by a second Gary YouTube as we do some more Gary YouTubing guys in the form of a tier list with some bath bombs. Are we gonna go to the body shop? Yeah, we can go to the better Gary YouTube's like the body well, yeah, shop. Go down a bit of lush, bit of lush for Gary YouTube. 50 bath bombs in a bath. Let's see what happens on this tier ranking video for the single best era in all of professional wrestling. Bring if it you back. Say anything else, you're a liar because <laughs> WWE says so. Because still as we're here in the year 2020, it's playing such a big role. It's the Attitude Era. How are you doing, Gary? Gary, I am absolutely fantastic. As you say, this is the greatest era of all wrestling. All of it was brilliant. There was nothing bad in the Attitude Era. <laughs> so let's celebrate that with a tier list, shall we? Yes, let's do that. Hit the intro. You might not know, of course, how these Gary YouTube tier list works. We have a series of tiers here. We'll put the people in the tiers. We have the best. Lovely, lovely, lovely. All right. Just about bearable and get in the bin. And crucially, we are judging the following superstars on what they did during the Attitude Era. It started with Shawn Michaels' crotch or Shawn Michaels doing something else. That is up in the air. What's, what's the start of the Attitude Era in your opinion? I would go, yeah, the sort of formation of DX. Austin 316, Austin the promo, 316. I, I think is a fair shout as well. Somewhere in 1997, I would say, the Attitude Era got off properly. And, and it ended, ended at uh, WrestleMania 17. Horrible. Horrible man. <laughs> what was that? The Vincent Austin. Oh, right. I wasn't just being nice. No, I agree with I you. I am being nice to you. There you go. There we go. Right, so we're starting with Bret Hart, which is a weird one to start with because, of course, by November of 1997, he was gone. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, so we're talking about these just in the attitude here, yes. as you say. Early Bret Hart was one of my favourite characters ever because he sort of, Hulk Hogan was a superhero and everything, but once you got to a certain age, you grew out of him. Bret Hart became a believable hero. He was a real human being, unlike the big moustache mess that was Hulk Hogan. I'm kidding, obviously. Hogan, I'm joking, I'm joking. Hogan was great too. Um, I would definitely say he's the best, even though he wasn't around in the Attitude Era for very long. Heart Foundation stuff, tremendous. And that's where he really sort of nailed his promos as well. I was going to say that's what would put him in the best for me, because my when people always say on the podcast, because Matthew is such a big Bret Hart fan, Bret versus Sean, I always go with Sean, just because I thought Bret as a baby face was a little bit on the boring side with the microphone on hand. Fully appreciate the unbelievable professional wrestler, but when it came to his promos, his heel stuff in 1997 was unbelievable, Jeff. Right. 
Who would you say is the better, right, the better man? If you were watching WWE TV uh, during the Attitude, no, before the Attitude Era with Brett, uh, Babyface Brett and Babyface Sean are there. Who's the more believable good guy? Who do you think is actually the good man? Oh, it's Brett. Brett. It's, yeah, Brett. Yeah, it's Brett. That's why he's a better babyface than Michaels. Ooh. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Because you just believed it. You believed it. And it's because a lot of it was true. Yeah. He believed what he was saying. And yeah, his early promos uh, weren't especially fantastic. Jim did a lot of the talking for him. By the Attitude Era, he'd gotten really good. The Heart Foundation stuff was tremendous. A he great was leader. swearing at Vince McMahon on the, on the air. On the air. Unprecedented. Great Brad. heel. Great heel. But obviously, his running the Attitude Era did get cut short with the screw job, which you've never heard about before. What? We should do a list on that. We, <laughs> we should probably reference that in more videos. But I reckon he deserves to go in the best. Because I think if people look at this tier list at the end and we don't have Bret Hart in the best, we'll get pelters from all angles. And understandably so. Because <laughs> it's, it's a weird one because we do always like, we do these big long lists and Bret has been near the top a fair few times and we get accused of bias. But you go back and watch Bret matches and every, everything from the character to the in-ring work was believable. It felt like a real sporting contest. His punches look real. His selling look real. Oh, he's, he's the best. And thanks for your Patreon money, Brett. Yeah. <laughs> um, so next up, we have Goldust, who went through a bloody catalogue of things during the Attitude mm. Era. We had the sort of mysterious, uh, amb Hollywood. ambiguous deviant. Then yep. we had the gimp. <laughs> we, and then he went away and came back at the Royal Rumble. But that was when the Attitude Era had done. What else did we have during the Attitude Era? Was that, those are the two. Yeah, I mean, the artist formerly known as Goldust wasn't just a gimp. He did all sorts of drag and stuff like that. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can, one thing you cannot question when it comes to Goldust is dedication. His commitment to the character, which is a character that he apparently wasn't especially comfortable playing at start, uh, was was fantastic. And he was a really interesting, memorable Attitude Era character. I would suggest lovely, lovely, lovely. I would suggest the same as well. And yeah. we always got to go back to that story uh, with Vince McMahon. I don't know if he's debunked it. He might have. It's sort of ringing the bell in the back of my mind that he did say it was fake. But him asking Vince McMahon for a, a breast implant to yeah, further, yeah. further his character. <laughs> and Vince said no. Vince, Vince McMahon said no, that's too far. So imagine that. But I, uh, Gold, he's just an iconic wrestling character, isn't he? That's all you yeah, have to say is. at the end of the day. Yeah, Maybe, really I would argue that today, in 2020, his in-ring work rate malarkey and all that stuff is better than it was back then. Oh, I don't know. Because like, some of the IC title matches were really good. I mean, he made Ahmed Johnson look half decent, which is... Isn't easy. Uh, yeah, he, I, I really appreciated a lot of his matches. I even like the stuff like with uh, with Piper. <laughs> like, when I was watching growing up, I was just like, yeah, this is cool, isn't it? The OJ nonsense. <laughs> I, I feel a bit differently now. Bizarre. Bizarre is the way to describe him both. Yeah, yeah. He is the bizarre he one. Is the bizarre one. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Nearly in the best, but certainly iconic. Yeah. There he is. So hey. next up, we have his former manager slash wife slash everything in the world, Terry, who was... Just hopping around from wrestler to wrestler to wrestler in yeah. this managerial role in the Attitude Era. She was part of PMS, that wonderfully named stable with other female wrestlers. Jacqueline was one. Who was the third one? I've Ivory. completely forgotten. Was it, was no, it Ivory? No, it wasn't Ivory, was it? I can't remember Let now. us know in the comments below. But all I remember from that is them putting whipped cream on a naked Mark Henry and licking it off and stuff like that while he was tied up by them. Bring it back. Stage. Come on. Yeah, it's it the all, we love everything it. Everything was great about it. We all want to see Mark Henry with whipped cream on his nipples, <laughs> don't we? But Terry also did a bit of backstage interviewing during this time. She did. I she was with the Hardy Boys. 
Um, she was the T- horn. No, not TNA. Um, Perry Saturn, sorry. Perry Saturn, yeah. The horny little she-devil she was. She was always around and about. She always was good she was. in a role. I think all right is probably the, just about the right level for Terry. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I don't remember her doing anything especially memorable, but I remember her just playing her role well. And I think when people look at her now, as, you know, looking back 30 years now, it's always Marlena, isn't it? It's never really Terry. It's always she was Marlena. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. All right. And then we have Jim the Anvil. Of course, the Heart Foundation was a thing during the Attitude Era for a little bit there. And in there, Jim, it, I think it's fair to say his best days were behind him by this point. Yep. Certainly the, the tag team of Bret in the 80s maybe was his peak. Is yeah, that fair I, to say? No, I would agree. Yeah. I, I feel like he always got lost in the shuffle a little bit in the Heart Foundation because... If Bulldog wasn't there, he would have been playing the big henchman role. But Bulldog was there, and Bulldog by that point was just a little bit better uh, than Jim Neidhart and just doing more stuff. I think he was great on promos, but the promos that I remember him for were, yeah, the classic Heart Foundation stuff, the cackling and all that stuff. And basically carrying Brett where he needed carrying, because Brett wasn't great at promos back then. But by this time in the Attitude Era, eh, he was all right. Yeah, where we're putting him here. It's got to be, it's got to be all right down, hasn't it? As a ceiling, yeah. just because he didn't do too much. Obviously, the Jim Neidhart's done a lot of stuff during his career, but by the time the Attitude Era came around, he was sort of out the door quickly and in WCW for a bit, I think. Yeah. Um, so we've got we've got a ceiling here, Adam. How high is the ceiling? All right. I think he's all right. Yeah. In the Attitude Era alone, he's all right. Had this been had this list been referencing five years prior, uh, it would have been lovely, lovely, lovely towards the bottom end, probably. But yeah, yeah I think he's all right. Fine, we're all right. So next up, we have the man on the. Train. I had no idea what that was when I was playing SmackDown when he came up. <laughs> Did you? Wait until we get to Val Venus. Not a clue. Not a clue. Yeah, right. So, obviously, he's done everything. Charles Wright, he was Papi Shango, he was Karma, Karma Mustafa. So, this sort of covers both the Godfather, well, the Godfather, oh, the they... Goodfather, and Karma and in the Kat- NOD. Yeah. Um, all of which I thought were... You know what? No, Godfather, lovely, lovely, lovely. Because I was so entertained by it as a kid. Come aboard the hoe train with catchphrases and stuff. Or when he came out with a, a well, with Smoking the hoe train. Fatty with that. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. It was really funny. You couldn't get away with it now, but it was enjoyable. He was an entertaining character. No, especially brilliant matches or anything. But he That's was about character. He wasn't there for no. great matches. Was he? he was there for everyone to be entertained? And he certainly did that job when he was the Godfather. Not so much when he was Cameron Mustafa, the no. ultimate fighting machine. <laughs> and all that stuff and not so much when he was the good father but then again that was the right two cents so that was not his job but the godfather it's one of the again one of the iconic characters of professional wrestling as weird as it is to say well, so much so that he does it for a living now exactly he, he, owns, it, a, he owns a strip club in Las he, Vegas he certainly does the something lounge I should know that I've recorded it for where are they now videos about three times now the tiger lounge something like that the You're tiger the lounge down there. Uh, so yeah I, I think uh, godfather is I think he's lovely 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 lovely, lovely. it's yeah. got to be it's got to be at least yeah, I think that's fair. As you say, if you can still monetize a character 20 years on, then fair play to you, and that okay. shows how effective it was. I think I was watching the 2013 Rumble, just before the Rumble happened there this year, and when he came out, I think it was 2013, he came out as a shocking entry, mm. and everyone went bananas. 2013 yeah. that was, and that character was done by 2000, wasn't it? Yeah. That shows, it just shows how powerful these characters were to yeah. so many people. And uh, just a career mid-card guy getting that sort of pop. Well, that was the thing, a big difference between now and then. It's coming back a little bit more on Raw, 
But everyone had a big storyline back then, didn't they? Everyone up and down the card. Yeah, yeah. We're just yeah, you're right. Everyone was involved in storylines all the time. You were invested in all of the people because yeah, you cared about what they were doing, and that's something that you don't get enough today. And it was like even if they weren't involved in title feuds, they were still involved in stories. You understood what they were doing, what their motivations were, yeah. and that's missing today. So then we have Simba, as Jerry Lawler used to call him all the time, Shane McMahon, but not the best in the world, Shane McMahon. We have Vince McMahon's son, the spoiled brat, Shane McMahon, who was a part-time wrestler, but primarily he was a mouthpiece, he was a manager, he commentated on Sunday Night Heat for a bit, and he's the major reason I had such a big issue with Shane McMahon in 2019 or 18 being the best in the world. Because when we were growing up, Shane was never a full-time wrestler. Yes, he did the big stunts and whatnot later on, after the Attitude Era stopped. But he was a part-time wrestler. He was sort of he was good, and he showcased that he could do some things in the ring. But he was never beating Roman Reigns or people on Roman Reigns' level in Saudi Arabia. That was the major disconnect for me. Of course. How twenty years on, he could be so much better than he was back then, and he's and he's pumped, Bonnie Boy. Yeah, well, we all go downhill after thirty, don't we? We certainly do. <laughs> How old are you, 29? 27. 27, are you? Sorry, I always look 39. Uh, right, <laughs> I think Shane was great because I think it's such a, a brilliant character and one that people can relate to in that imagine if, I don't know, we were working somewhere else, the boss's son walks in and he gets these accolades, like he's in that photo there, he's European champion. He gets all that and he's got his preppy knobby mates with him in the Mean Street Posse who I think are really underrated, we'll get to them in a bit as well. I think it was a really good character, and I think it's a character that he played well. Yeah, because it was real. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was real. And he was very entertaining in that role, in a good way as well. You hated him when you need to hate him, but also he had that thing where certain heels can make you laugh, and Shane could do that back then. He did it well, the most recent uh, run, of course, but not. I don't think he intended to as much as he, yes, as he did. Yes, he did. When he won the trophy, he sweated <laughs> everywhere. That face, he knows I mean, what he's, he's doing. I mean, when he's trying to garner sympathy from Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, he's going, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> But Shane McMahon back then, it's at least, it's at least lovely, lovely, lovely. Yeah. It's at least, I think, I think. Bottom yeah. end of lovely, lovely, bottom, lovely. Bottom end of lovely, lovely, lovely. There he played his role well. So then we have the Dudley boys, <laughs> which is. If you're asking me, I think they deserve to go in the best. I think I agree with you. They're one of the best tag teams of all time. They were certainly top three tag teams, along with Edge and Christian and the Hardys in the Attitude Era. Like, there were, there were tears within themselves, weren't there, back there? And you had, like, yeah, those three involved in the TLC matches, the first two. Uh, and then below them, you had, like, the APA, you had uh, Test and Albert, uh, various others. And yeah, I, I would say, you know what? If we were doing a, a tier list of tag teams, they, they would be in the best as well. Be, yeah. And they, I think they're in the best in the Attitude Era. Like, Devon get the tables, iconic line, consistently entertaining when they were heels and putting like Mae Young and whatever through tables. It was detestable. And as we say before, the end of the official, the official end of the Attitude Era, we had TLC 2, I think, at WrestleMania 7. Was it TLC 2? No. TLC won at WrestleMania 17. Mm. I always get t these TLC numbers mixed up. But we had the ladder match as well, the triple ladder match. Yeah. That had all happened within the Attitude Era. They came and made a big noise. They had that famous match with uh, the APA when they first arrived, where the APA were told to go out there and beat them up, like they did with Public Enemy. Public Enemy couldn't hack it. These two lads okay. proved they could. They went on and had great success after that. But I reckon they're just... It's, it's, that's why they got their run a few years ago, just because of what they did during the Attitude Era more than anything else. I remember came, the back wearing the, came back wearing the same clothes they're wearing there. Uh, a picture, I think, that was taken in 2001. The best for me. Yeah, I agree. I, uh, nothing to add to that. I think they're, yeah. So just tremendous. because I think a lot of the best tier in this video will be very obvious 
like the next one will be, The Rock. He's in the best tier, isn't he? I think for the first time ever, we're going to consciously rank just the best tier within think, the best tier. I think that's sensible. And I think The Rock, for the Attitude Era, goes head and shoulders above Bret Brettany Hart. Couldn't agree more. Mm. Couldn't agree more. Obviously, The Rock had a rough start with Rocky Maivia. Then he found his footing in the Nation of Domination. And then he went on to become one of the best wrestlers of all time. Yeah. What, what can you say about The Rock? There's a reason that he's the, the most highly paid actor in all of Hollywood now. Uh, because he is so consistently entertaining no matter what he's doing. He's one of the hardest workers ever. A man, yeah, he's top of the best, isn't he? It just makes you wonder, because you look at The Rock's career trajectory when he first arrived. Rocky Maivia didn't work. Die, Rocky, die. They turned him heel, and then he became so good as a heel, you couldn't help but cheer him, and then whoosh, off he went. Imagine if they did that with Roman Reigns back in 2016. Such an easy Roman fix, isn't was it? Getting, <laughs> Why didn't they? Die, Rocky, die, and Roman's... Hatred in 2016 especially, they were on, they've got to be near. I don't think people are saying die, Roman, die, but still, levels of hatred was up there. Turn them healing, who knows? Because there's still that little bit with me now the, we've realised that the Fiend was sacrificed to Goldberg for the good of Roman. That whole 2016 sort of feelings come back at me. I don't know about you. No, I couldn't agree more. I, I think like... And you can imagine the promos that Roman could have been doing. Yeah. Uh, like the, one of his best promo ever, when he said, "This is my yard now." Imagine that had led on, and like the Rock had come back, and Roman and said, "The the Rock goes, oh, I've been through all this before. I know what you're thinking." And Roman spears Rock or yeah. something like that. He could have been one of the most compelling heels on TV, Roman Reigns. Uh, but yeah, what do you say about the Rock? He's the top rock, of the best, yeah, without a doubt. So then we have Stephanie, who during the Attitude Era was the damsel in distress with her dad having The Undertaker steal her for his benefit. That's a yep. thing that happened. Then we had her getting married almost to test, but actually getting married, whether she wanted to or not, to Triple H. And then she turned into an absolute arsehole as part of the, uh, the McMahon-Helmsley era. At least lovely, 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 I would say. I agree. I agree. I think... Um... Yeah, when she was paired with, with Trips especially, they were just a detestable couple, weren't they? And she played her role very well there. She was one half of that. And this might be hard to believe for younger viewers of this video. When she was the damsel in distress, she just looked like a nice young lady. Yeah, she played the babyface <laughs> role really well as well. I remember feeling sympathy for her, which is what you want to feel for a babyface. And then I remember massively resenting her for being a, a dastardly conniving heel. She, she was really good. Like We're not talking about the Stephanie McMahon that we know today that invented women's wrestling. We're talking about a very different <laughs> Stephanie McMahon. And the one that just cuts everybody's bowels off when she gets the chance to share, share a screen with them with no comeuppance whatsoever. She got stolen by The Undertaker back then, and that's comeuppance enough for me. Next up, we have the big boss man, who I personally, as a child, hated. Why? And for all the right reasons as well. He huh? turned up, he was a horrible bastard. Yeah, the was. theme... Is it, uh, it's, it, it fit the character so well, but when you heard, when I heard it anyway, it was always like, oh, it's the big boss man, he's coming. Because he was always playing the henchman role, whether it be with the corporation, but his big single feuds as well with the big show, with the coffin, mm -hmm. fantastic professional wrestling, where he <laughs> murdered a Alf small dog. <laughs> chihuahua and put it in some sort of curry. I can't remember what type of food it was. Maybe it was some minced spaghetti bolognese. I can't remember what it was. I don't he remember either. A, yeah, it was in a hotel room. He put a dog yeah, in some food and off. Al Snow ate his own, his own dog. <laughs> Kennel of Bring Hell. Bring it back, yeah. come on. Kennel of Hell. He was hanged by The Undertaker. I had no idea how they did that. I remember watching that and you see his, like, his, 
this thing go like that and he's turning yeah, red. I was like, Jesus Christ, yeah, somebody little... stop this damn action. Yeah, There's a hook at the yeah, back, isn't it? Thing, I've seen the masked magician. <laughs> you don't have to tell me. It was wonderfully done. He played his role, because obviously we knew one big boss man back at the late 80s. He was, oh, Cobb County, Georgia. Georgia. <laughs> and this was the opposite. Yeah, it was, yeah. Everything was just turned down, including the colour gradient on his clothes, because they were all black. Yeah, but <laughs> it was it was a decent evolution of it, wasn't it? Because the I, I guess the big boss man that we knew from Cobb County, Georgia, I mean, this one was too, but the, the, the guy in the blue shirt was a sort of, uh, a, a bit more of a caricature, mm. a bit more of a sort of comic book style, maybe, policeman. Here, he was just a horrible, horrible, but he was, he was corrupt, still had the nightstick and all that sort of stuff, so he was still using elements of his old character, but he had evolved it for a new audience. And I think he did that very effectively, but perhaps not enough to get past all right for me in the Attitude Era. Of course, he gave birth to three lovely children called Dean Ambrose, Roman set. <laughs> An iconic look as well. Oh, that's yeah. one thing you'd realise in here, just how the, the costume department at WWF back then nailed it every time, didn't they? Especially Ahmed Johnson, who we'll get to <laughs> in a bit. Yeah. But I think Big Boss Man, Attitude Era, top of all right, I would say. Yeah, I'm with you there. Yep, no arguments. I think I might be slightly harsh, but top of all right. Now, here we have Ken Shamrock, who never did anything for me. Because... I, 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 I was a WCW child growing up. I had the VHS with Goldberg and Sting on. I saw Goldberg looking kind of like Ken Shamrock, small trunks, MMA gloves, flattening people. But Goldberg did a lot more for me than Ken Shamrock did. I guess more impactful moves, the spear and the jackhammer, just incredible finishes or signatures and finishes, whatever you want to call them. Uh, I, I think the thing with Ken Shamrock that I didn't get as a kid is that he came in, and I didn't know what MMA was, uh, but he was a real fighter. But I mostly believed that wrestling was real anyway. So they're all real fighters. So why is this guy any different? So maybe that didn't translate to me as a younger fan, but now I look back at his matches and I really appreciate them. And they do look real. I think lovely, lovely, lovely here. <laughs> the bottom. Below Shane? Below oh, Shane. Oh, he was good. He had some good mid... I even like the... I like the Lion's Den stuff. Did you? <laughs> yeah. Really? As a kid, because it was different. I like it when they take us outside the ring, when it makes sense in storyline story terms, rather. And I, I I don't... Obviously, it wasn't especially entertaining, the match itself, but it's nice to be taken out of there. And it, it was a King of the Ring 1981. Was it 98? Yeah, yeah I think against so. Against The Rock in the final. That was... I was just watching that. I remember watching that pay-per-view thing. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> and I still go back and watch most of Ken Shamrock's stuff, and there's just not there's something not there for me. Fair enough. But if you want to put him there, I don't. I'll give you that one. You ha you want to put him at the top end of all right, don't you? The top end of all right, yeah. Oh, it's Ken Shamrock. I know he's got a big badass reputation in UFC and whatnot, but this is the WWF. It's better. If if you were sat here with I don't know what ten year old Adam Pacitti, maybe thirteen year old Adam Pacitti. I would be saying, yeah, he's all right, because I didn't get it. But now you watch back, and he had some pretty decent matches. The submissions were cool and inventive for the time. He was doing stuff that other people hadn't done. So I think he deserves lovely, lovely, lovely. Ankle locks his, isn't it? Uh. <laughs> I think he also came up with the, the three-tap rule. I think it was introduced for him, wasn't it? Yeah. Tapping out of submissions. I, I think that's right. I think that was right. Well, I'll, I'll do a lovely... Go on, then. Bottom end of lovely, lovely, lovely. Massive impact on the business. So I'll just let you talk about Mankind. Right. Uh, he is the best underdog babyface of all time. If you're going to argue with that, you're wrong. Um, he's... Uh, I can't. He's, 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 man, he's Mick Foley, right? Okay, so Mankind, amazing. Some brilliant promos. Pulling his hair out. The Both different heel and face. Both heel and face. But yeah, yeah. I, like, as, as I say, underdog babyface mankind when he transitioned away from the brown number to the white shirt and the tie 
fantastic. Mick Foley is commissioner, fantastic. Arguably, like, well, he's certainly like top five authority figures on WWE TV ever, in my books anyway. Um, Cactus Jack, again, great promos, a really fun character, different from the others. Dude Love, yeah, take it or leave it, but overall... I'm, sh I'm shocked at your reaction there, because the backstory of the Dude Love character, I thought, would warm the cockles of your heart. Oh, it was lovely. Loved it as a kid, him jumping off the thing and all that. It just wasn't as entertaining as Mankind or um, or Cactus Jack even, mm. was it? It was just it just felt a bit weird. He played especially, it as well as Especially kid. against Austin, there was a big disconnect. with and against Austin, there was a big disconnect there. Which they well. played into well. Yeah. They did play into that well, but I, I, I'm going to say... In Attitude Era terms, he is between Rock and Brett there. Definitely. Yeah. Not as good as The Rock, but no. certainly did a lot more than Brett during the Attitude Era. Winning the title on Raw with the help of Austin, one of my favourite wrestling moments ever still. I still get excited watching that. Because that'll put butts in seats. I don't know if you could tell, but Adam Pacitti really likes Mick Foley. I should have brought the mask. Albert! Have you still got it? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Lovely. I spent like 150 quid on it when I was pissed, Ross. I'm not throwing it away. <laughs> so now we have Albert, who rocked up on the scene, called Prince Albert, of course, which is a name for a willy piercing. That's the attitude here for you. It was all fantastic stuff. He was big, athletic, hairy man then, with draws and people like that. Then... Test. Test. TNA, TNA happened. X-Factor, that was during the Attitude Era, and then we went on to obviously A-Train and stuff like that when the Ruthless The hip-hop hippo, don't forget. <laughs> Ruthless Aggression Era kicked off. But yeah. in the Attitude Era, I don't know who Albert is. Right? Obviously, I know who Albert is, but what's Albert's character? He's just a big guy. He felt a little bit generic even. Yeah, just a big, impressive athlete. Did a lovely bicycle kick thing. Mm -hmm. What's that what's called? Bicycle kick when in wrestling? I know in the football it's like that, but bicycle... Mm. What, the... Down on the back of the neck? The broke kick, essentially. What's that just called? Generic? The big boot? Yeah. Big no, boot. but you do a little kick before you do the thing. <laughs> I, don't <laughs> know, I don't know what you're talking about. Right. <laughs> he did a good one of them, whatever it's called. Okay. But I'm... The, the, it's the real the, the it's symptomatic of today's wrestling more than anything because you've got these wrestlers who are unbelievable but you don't give a toss because there's no character to get invested in mm. and that was by and large Albert during the Attitude Era big imposing man didn't really talk did impressive moves don't care no, I agree. All the talent, the knowledge, the experience in the world, there's a, there's a reason he's still around in WWE today, um, heading up the Performance Center. But back then, I couldn't care less. And I, you know what? I was, I was a bit bored by uh, Tess and Albert. I yeah. mean, Tess did better things after, and I think Albert did too, especially over in Japan. But in the Attitude Era, uh, it's, it's an all right for me. Maybe even just about bearable, you know? I'd say just about. The top of just about bearable for yeah. Albert. There's nothing there, is there? No, just He's a big He's a big, bloke. impressive athlete, but that, that's it. That's as far as it went. Piercings will only get you so far, pal. Yeah. See you later. Stuck in airport traffic. Kane, I'll let you talk for this one. My favourite wrestler between 1997 when he burst on the scene and 2001 where he started to sort of get watered down and more humanised and stuff like that. I know we had the stuff with Tory before that, but that was a wonderful storyline. Just ask Anthony Agogo, AEW's Anthony Agogo, straight to hell. He put Tory down there because of what she did to Kane. She was horrible. Even though, looking back on that feud, apparently X-Pac won a match which meant he could take Tory out for a date for a weekend and she fell in love with him then. Oh, which I, well, I, did, I, which I didn't remember know, that. I don't, I didn't know that until well, Wikipedia oh, said so. Wikipedia. More power to him. Always <laughs> right. But the Kane character, obviously, the size, 
the moves, the aura. I was absolutely terrified of Kane, the mystique. Who was under that mask? I remember when Undertaker took it off at SummerSlam 2001. I was on the internet frantically searching for Kane's face, trying to see what he looked like. Because there was that blurry image where you see the blood on his forehead. He had really long hair down to sort of his ribcage back then. Yeah. You, you could see a little glimpse and you're thinking, oh... Who is it? What is he? What's it all about? <laughs> what is he? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, one of the best debuts in all of wrestling. That goes without saying. Uh, and just a, a a brilliant monster. Arguably the best monster heel ever. Arguably the best monster in wrestling ever. I thought he was a like when he ripped the bloody thing off the door. I know the Michael Myers uh, inspirations there clear for all to yeah, see. Yeah. The, the way he would just his mannerisms and the entrance and the fire and the whole. It was the total package. I'm so happy he didn't keep that cane, uh, that cape, sorry. Otherwise, that would have been ruined. <laughs> yeah, he was a super great. But he explained it on the Austin uh, oh, yeah. Broken Skulls thing. He was like, they gave him the cape because inside Kane's mind, he thought he was a superhero. What? Uh, something like, I need to watch it again. I forgot what he, he said. He thought he was a superhero. The Kane character. There was something about him being so insecure or something like that. He, he thought, thought he was he doing was, good. And he thought he was a superhero, so he had to have a cape. By, by Someone, going and, and trashing the people who had wronged him in the past, I guess. Yeah, he was doing what was like morally that. right, but obviously was wrong the Undertaker, to everyone else. The Undertaker, his bastard brother, burnt down the funeral home and ruined his face forever. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that initial storyline as well with The Undertaker is my favourite from the Attitude Era. It's like something off Coronation Street. The layers, there's endless. It goes all the way back to their childhood, all the way through. It just about all made sense. No one could pick a real massive hole in that initial Kane debut in the your brother's coming, you didn't know he was alive, you thought he was dead. Mm -hmm. It was all great stuff. And he's a character, once again, that really evolved. Whether you think that removing the mask eventually was wrong or right, he's a guy, even during the Attitude Era, you, as you say, he became more human. He was humanised, uh, and as a babyface, uh, when, when you're looking to garner sympathy, he was very good at it. For such a big, imposing monster, it works. And the brothers are destruction tag team as well. Oof. Lovely stuff. Oof. Lovely stuff. When they uh, would stood at the top of the ramp, I would, I would get, I would get the willies. I would. I would was you? terrified. Yeah, fair enough. Terrified. Even a taker. Yeah, well, they're take two it. big men, aren't they? Oh uh, yeah, okay, terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I would argue to you right now, just below Mick, above Brett. Couldn't agree more. That's where I'd have put him. Lovely stuff. So then we have Edge, who burst on the scene. I think initially, right at the start, he was some sort of street poet. Well, he was—he uh, he had the, all the creepy vignettes, and he would come through the crowd and all that stuff. This is before the brood, right? Before the brood, he would just yeah. scream. Yeah. Ah, he would say. That was good. <laughs> he, then joined, he then joined the brood, yeah. and Christian rocked up on the scene looking like Meatloaf's offspring. Uh, he went to the goofy, which was his real calling, sorry, excuse uh, me. Yeah. His real calling with the five-second poses and whatnot. And then that was it for just, he turned into a really bland baby face by the time 2002 came around. Yeah, King, King of the Ring. King of the Ring, and then the IC, and then eventually the World Heavyweight title. During the Attitude Era, I'd put him at the top end of lovely, lovely, lovely. I would, yeah, because it seems unfair because, like, TLC, those matches, some of my favourite matches ever. If I want to show people wrestling uh, and they haven't seen it before, quite often I'll still go to those matches. So it feels weird putting him not in the best, but he became better later. He became oh, better later. Yeah. Rated R Super. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Star, the, yeah. the, the opportunist. Yeah, I, I think he's, he's lovely, lovely, lovely for now. And obviously, he, even though he would have had nothing to do with the creative process whatsoever, presumably part of one of the best entrances, if not the best entrance yeah. in all of the Attitude Era as well with the brood. I'm all right with lovely, lovely, lovely. Hey, isn't this unfair, right? Because the Dudleys are made the best because they're partnered up there. You split up Edge and Christian in the Attitude Era because and he's only did. made lovely, lovely. Yeah, no, it's yeah. fair, it's fair. Okay, yeah, lovely, lovely, lovely. Yeah, I was thinking about me. that because we've got more tag teams later, but I thought Edge won King of the Ring. But I know Christian mm. was there sort of backstabbing him while he was doing it and Christian went off and did his own thing afterwards. So I thought, well, we're better. No, that him. makes sense. Yeah. I don't know why I did that with Matt and Jeff. Jeff Nero Hardy. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Should we do, there's, we'll there's do the lovelies together yeah. then. Uh, Wait, it's at least lovely, lovely, lovely. They had that. <laughs> no, I think it's the best. It's at least lovely, lovely, lovely. Okay. If not the best. I think it's the best. Is it going to be the best? You've, do, you've done Edge and Christian rotten here. <laughs> no, I think it's the best. The, no, Creative did them wrong by splitting them up. There That's you what go. They did, bastards. So Matt and Jeff together. Oh, just a bit. You hadn't seen anything like it before. Jeff. Well, did the Rockers. They were cool. Yeah, they sure were. <laughs> like the oh, Edge getting spe- Sorry, Edge spearing Jeff. Jeff and bloody hell. Like, just the best matches. And Jeff, when he... Ca- Should we... Yeah, let's put them together. Because otherwise, well, Matt's going down. There's in- Matt down there in the sunglasses. <laughs> I love the <laughs> uh, I think they're the best when put together. I th- yeah, they're one of the most iconic tag teams ever. This, the TLC stuff speaks for itself. I'm comfortable with that. I don't yeah. think they're... Are they... Just for attitude era alone, higher or lower than the Dudleys? I'd say higher. Why? Just, be, just because when I was growing up, I wanted to be Jeff Hardy, and a lot of kids wanted to be Jeff Hardy, um, and they sort of tapped into pop culture quite well. They were really cool. They were really cool, and I know that wasn't the Dudleys' role, but I don't know. It just resonates with me still. That's fair enough. Well, so I'm Matt and Jeff together? Matt is Lita Jeff on here somewhere? Lita is on there to She's... round off the Team Extreme ting. So, should we do Lita next? We'll she... do Lita next. There's okay. Lita there. So you've got Matt just above. Oh, there he Matt is. below Lita. Lovely photo. First time I've happened before. We, uh, <laughs> Lita. She was it, wasn't she? Was she? she was amazing. I, woman... I, I was in love with her face. <laughs> I thought I was a skater. I couldn't skate. And they. Uh, it, was, it, was, it all sort of comes together for me. Like, the Hardy Boys... Jackass and skating, and I just wanted to—I wanted to be them. And I know they didn't even skate. This is just a glimpse into my childhood. <laughs> All of that stuff. I wanted to be cool. Limp Bizkit, Corn, Sum Forty One, Lita—it's <laughs> all the same to me. I think she's lovely, lovely. And lovely. she was ahead of her time by she about was. twenty years. She was. She, could, she could go. Great moonsault. Ah, yeah, lovely, lovely, lovely. She's not quite on the Hardys level. Is she not the in terms of women's wrestling? Is she not the best? 
In terms of women's wrestling, yeah. But Attitude Era. She yeah, was still was, doing the given, flips. You know what? Yeah, given the limitations that were imposed on the women in the Attitude Era, she is the best because she couldn't have been any better with those limitations. Yeah, I guess so. Are we putting Team Extreme in the best? Let's put, team, team, let's, let's put them let's all together. Let's not forget as well, when Team Extreme came out, it was always one of the loudest pops of the night. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Let's put, yeah, this is a, a trio there. That's Team Extreme. Team Extreme in the in top. In the top. Oh, we'll see how Obviously. that one goes down. So next up, we have the ninth winner of the world, China. Arrived on the scene as uh, DX's henchwoman. Stood there and tore Mar Marlena a new hip, a new leg, a new arm Tossed her about all awesome. over the place. Uh, then obviously was part of DX for a long old while. Broke off. Uh, then became, you know, wrestling the blokes. Yeah. Groundbreaking stuff. Yeah. Truly. Uh, the, the, the contributions that she made to pro wrestling as a whole... And I guess the women's evolution, if if you wanna if you wanna call it that, with their their marketing, I think China, even though it happened a long time before, played a, a big part of that, and she was it's, she was brilliant. It's a it? shame what sort of happened later on in her life that the, 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 the sort of the PR oh, Triple H said if my daughter's Google, they're gonna see some so, weird stuff, which is a really pissy excuse. When your your mate Sean Walkman's right next to you, yeah, it's his knob, yeah. <laughs> It's, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think she's the best. i tell you what, though, the best stuff for me during the Attitude Era with China was with Eddie. Mama oh, Sita. Everyone loved those two. They had a great time. The roses with the lead pipes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I think. Then she had a big old bloody bazooka gun thing that would shoot Pyro into the crowd. She was so lovable, wasn't she? You saw her in those backstage segments with Eddie, and there was just something about her that you really connected with. And she, when you watch Beyond the Mat as well, she's just a wonderful woman. That's in what that. everyone says. Such a loss. Like Mick Foley, especially, always says like she's such a nice woman, and you don't really hear anyone bad mouthed, do you? Like from behind the scenes perspective but yeah it was weird how she was so so big and imposing yeah you look at the program at wrestlemania 17 with ivory and the the, the worked in the real neck injury and mm. stuff like that and you just wanted to cheer the woman yeah she was so good either way wasn't she yeah, i she think was. she's got to go in the best yep. of course she's one of the most iconic like female characters in wrestling history isn't she i would say i'd say the bottom of the best there yeah she did play a, a role she was there to be mm -hmm. i'll snap you and throw you down L.O.D. In the era, 2000. All right. Just about bearable. Just about bearable. Just about bearable. Nowhere in, the, near, in the Attitude Era. Nowhere near the heights that they achieved back in the... The Road Warrior Pop is called the Road Warrior Pop for mm -hmm. a reason. L.O.D. 2000. Uh, sorry, no. L.O.D. at SummerSlam 1992. That, oh, what a rush. And they come down with Rocco on the front of the bike and everything. One of my favourite entrances Did ever. Nigel I cry. loved them. Did Nigel cry? I thought he was there with Daniel. <laughs> I wasn't invited. Uh, I had to watch it on VHS. But... Yeah, I'd, I'd say they're just about bearable in the Attitude Era. The, the obviously, the Drunk Hawk storyline. Yeah, awful it was stuff, awful. Tasteless. Yeah. Gross. Gross. Um, yeah, just about bearable. Was it the Royal Rumble of 98? Was it, or was it WrestleMania, the big tag team battle royal they had, and then they made their shocking return? I think it was with, with Sonny. With Sonny, LOD, yeah. Yeah, yeah and it just it never really took off again, did it? And they, didn't they win and then lose the next night on Raw? Wasn't it for a tag title? Maybe I'm misremembering, but I think it was for a tag title shot, and then they just lost it afterwards. And obviously, Maybe I'm misremembering. Obviously, that. Animal went on to reach new heights with uh, Heidenreich. Heidenreich, lovely stuff. <laughs> Great. And now but he's I... suing WWE still. Is he? Yeah, oh, yeah. He's, he's, the, he's, head like, head he's the head... What's it called? The head plaintiff um, with what's it? Constantine Lycos, Lys, whatever, right? Just about just bearable. About, uh, just, above Albert, yeah. Though. 
So next up we have Val Venus. <laughs> Hello, ladies. Give me your best. Hello, ladies. It's not bad. Not bad. Um, I didn't understand what he was. I'm just gonna go out there. Right. I didn't understand what the money shot was. I didn't. I didn't understand what that. I just thought that was a cool finish. Did you not watch his entrance video with the screw no, going into the thing and think, oh, that's intercourse, that? No, I didn't get it. The, the flowers <laughs> popping up. What does yeah. that mean? <laughs> not a clue. And then he's there with an army hat on in the bushes. No, that was part of his entrance video as well. I think I had a, <laughs> I think I had a really sheltered childhood. So did I. I, did, I didn't get what Val Venus was. I remember being like 16 or something, and all, all of you the... should know by then. No, no, you should. I remember guys going like, oh yeah, yeah, giving head and stuff. What the hell's head? What are you talking about? I didn't, think, I didn't understand Al Snow for the same reason. I think he was. He was all right. He was all right, wasn't he? Yeah, because you look at the other sort of mid-card guys in the lovely, lovely, lovely tier. You've got Goldust there. You've got Charles Wright there, Godfather, Shamrock. I would put him a tier below those. Just well. based on what we've got there, I'd, I'd put him there. You look at what he did as well. He, he, he arrived on the scene. It was always the European slash Intercontinental Championship. We had the choppy, choppy PP, which is probably the most memorable thing he did in WWF. Yeah. He then went on to be, ha, have some sort of weird trancy theme with Trish Stratus and white tights, and he was part of Right to Censor for a bit. It was all a bit of a... Uh, yeah. It was it was weird because he was massive. He's like in terms of just size, he's a big man. Oh, he is. Yeah. You could easily you could, looking at the guy, you'd think, oh, it's a main event of that, wouldn't you? Yeah. But you, I, you you look back and like the the promos that he was cutting with all the the innuendo and everything, they got massive pops because it was that sort of generation. Um, but in the ring, I think he was good, but never had a, an amazing match or anything. Yeah, I think all right's fair. I think for all right's him. fair. Which might upset, because he was really, really popular back oh, in the was, day. Yeah, I guess yeah. it was more with the ladies rather than us fellas. Now, here we have my favourite professional wrestling character of all time. Mr. McMahon. Mr. McMahon. Fair. Go back and watch him. Espe I know, I'm, it's not the Attitude Era, but 2006 Vince McMahon, when he's in, <laughs> when he's in the church. I've recently rewatched all those vi vignettes they did with Shane, yeah. and it was exactly how you would think Vince McMahon would be inside of a church. But without Vince McMahon... Being the single best, the top heel in the professional wrestling business, Austin wouldn't wouldn't have hit the heights it did. No, absolutely. It was an easy story for people to invest in because people hate their bosses. And I'm not the boss. That's just, stop doing that. Uh, I yeah, he's just a mate. Yeah, the the, the storyline. You you say that your favourite storyline of the Attitude Era was Kane and Taker. Mine was Austin Vince. Yeah. Um, they were they're both up there together. Obviously, just, but he's just so good at it. His mannerisms. Life man. sucks. And then you die. Stuff like that is just oh, it's, um, I love Vince McMahon with all my heart. Yep, agreed. Maybe not his creative processes were sacking. So, I would. I'm going to say something controversial here, Adam. You're going to put him there, aren't you? You want to put him between Rock and Mankind. I want to put him above Mankind. He was the top heel in wrestling. He made the biggest star potentially in wrestling history. The biggest star in wrestling history. I think his impact, obviously he's Vince McMahon, but obviously his impact as a character on the Attitude Era was more than Mankind's. You're right. Ooh. You know what? <laughs> we would have had the Attitude Era without Mankind. We wouldn't have had it without Vince McMahon. And true. for that reason, I think you're right. It is. Just below the rock. But barely. Ooh. Genuinely there's a, barely. There's a slight gap. He was so, so <laughs> integral. So integral. And could you have had the Attitude Era without the rock? It wouldn't have been the same, in the same way that it wouldn't have been it the same without Mankind, but you still had Austin there. It wouldn't have hit the heights it did, because you had both Austin, Austin and Rock, Rock up there. Their feuds as well. it, no, it still would have been good, but it wouldn't have been what it was. But without McMahon, it wouldn't have been anywhere near. So is he the best? 
No. <laughs> all right, all right. No, Stop I'm it. With, I'm with you. We're going to do that and walk out with this way. ABA, Fruit and Bradshaw. Love them back in the day, mate. Yeah, me too. Drinking beer. Backstage, smoking the cigars. JBL, just flattening people with my favourite finishing move of all time, the clothesline from hell. Yeah. Just a fan. Because obviously Bradshaw had been around. He was just the, the big rootin' tootin' I'm here with my handlebar moustache, cowboy sort of thing. He was in the blackjacks. Then he got paired with Farouk and it all just took off. Obviously, we were part of the, uh, the, the Ministry of Darkness for a, a time and that really, yeah. that was a bit, yeah. But then they took off with the beer and whatnot, and it was just it was just good the class. Stuff, but you can't put them in the best because no. they're not on the same level as Team Extreme or the Dudleys. Yeah. They're lovely, 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 aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I think a tier below the Dudleys and Hardys. Just a couple of hard lads. Yeah, fantastic. Gangrel, <laughs> fanging and banging, fanging and banging is right. Uh, I think he's all right. He's remembered more for his entrance than anything else, which I think speaks volumes. Yeah, I remember watching him as a kid and just thinking, oh, this guy's a little bit sluggish. He's all right. He's, he's good. He's as a kid, you were thinking. Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah right. <little> <laughs> uh, no, I remember just, uh, I, maybe not as sluggish as the right. I, I thought he was slow. I thought, you know, with the brood, Edge and Christian were the standouts. And he was there, and again, played his role very well. I think he's all right. I think all right is the perfect level for him. Yeah. You look who else is in all right. Val Venus and Gangrel in terms of gimmicks. I think they're on a par, on a similar, similar keel, aren't they? Out of Boss Man Terry, I know we're not doing this, but out of Boss Man Terry, Neidhart, Val Venus, I'd put them at the top of those. Yeah, I would as well. Take her. In the best. Yep. Attitude era, he sort of had stopped being the sort of, the, the take we knew right at the start. There were sort of variations on that character all the way through until 97. 98 rolls around, Kane's on the scene. All starts to change from there. We go into the Ministry, which is personally my favourite taker. I don't know about you. Which, who's your favourite taker? Uh, just because I grew up watching it, it's it's Grave Digger. It's the, it's the Undertaker with bearer, uh, the, the, the purple gloves, yeah, that sort of thing. But I, from a storyline perspective, you're completely right. Yeah. And then we had, obviously, the Brothers of Destruction. He went and became a, a mortal man, which obviously is a very contentious issue in the world of professional wrestling. I liked it for what it was worth. Yep. Um, I'm just ooh. trying to think where to, where to put it. No, no, no. I'm, I'm looking at this the best tier here. And I, uh, Let's look at his big fuse during the Attitude Era. I think Austin would have been the first one with the Attitude Era. Mm -hmm. Then we had Kane. Mm -hmm. That would have stopped. Went all the way through until 1998. And I think he was back to Austin again. Yeah. And then Austin and Kane. Mm -hmm. And then we went through to 99. Oh, great oh. stuff. I no 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 no. I, I'm honestly, I'm just, I'm, I'm fixated on this top tier here. Where you put him? I would say between Vince and Foley. I'm just because by this point he was just. I don't know. What to say, I don't want to say he was part of the furniture. Mm -hmm. He did obviously play a massive role, but did he play more of a role than Mankind? He's certainly not, above. Maybe not in the Attitude Era. He's certainly above Kane. He was always the sort. Of, he was never because Mankind for a point. He was the. He was. He wasn't really the guy, was he? That's not the right thing to say. What I'm trying to say is Taker was never one of the two top of three. He was always sort of just there, wasn't he? And you know what? That's because of his character. He's a yeah. guy who doesn't need the championship, no. so he, he was sparingly used in the main event role. I mean, he was there from time to but time, But he was always part of the biggest He was actually better, I think, when he was a little bit further down, involved in the massive storyline. So, yeah, I... Th yeah, I think okay then between Foley and Kane. I think that's, that's fair. It was because then he had the ministry, the ministry, uh, the corporate ministry. Sorry. Yeah. That all. Yeah. Is he above mankind? I'd say. By the attitude there, I disagree. Uh, overall, if if this was just their entire careers, I think Taker would. Well, Taker would definitely be above. We by the year two thousand, Foley was out the ring, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. And then we ended a year and a half after that, just about. And Taker was being the Brothers of Destruction, tag team champions. 
in the mix, kind of. He was always one of the most popular ones. Yeah, of course he was. Oh, it's, it's... I really... I'm struggling here. I'm happy to go with your... Where do you want him? I'll, I'll go to above Kane, below Mankind. Okay. Just to, just to keep you happy, Adam. Thank you. So then we had the British man. Bulldog, who... But I said boss man there. <laughs> British oh, yeah. Bulldog. British Bulldog. Davy Boy Smith. Hall of Fame inductee this year. Fantastic yeah. stuff. Of Finally. Course. Yeah. Yes. Um, first ever European champion. Yep. Uh, Best European champion for my money. Do you reckon? Delo for me. Really? Delo. I like snow as well. With all the stereotypes coming out. Couldn't do that today either. Uh, I think he is he was... bottom end of lovely, lovely, lovely. For Attitude Era. Oh no, oh, that's it, isn't it? The ship, had, the ship had sailed by this point. Yeah, you're right. We, we talked about him with Neidhart earlier. I think he was better than Neidhart, but the best Davy Boy Smith is SummerSlam 92 Davy Boy Smith yeah. with the cornrows and the bead things at the bottom. Rule Britannia, yeah, he is. He's I don't right think in the Attitude Era, isn't he? I don't a lot think of personal issues as well. Don't think which you, yeah, which him. is a shame. Yeah, he did the thing in WCW, didn't he, with mm. the, the trap door on the ring? Yeah, and he came back, and it just was never really the same, was it? Which is a massive shame. You think about what he did during the Attitude Era. I think '99 is when he came back wearing jeans, yeah, and being that sort of man and involved getting, in like the hardcore division he got, stuff, wasn't um, he? Rock bottomed on some poo by the Rock, a, a plate of poo mm. in the middle of the ring because he's a dog. <laughs> Bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, top end of all right. Yeah, it was just never reached the heights it did once before. And it's obviously it's the circle of life and whatnot. You're right. HBK, Shawn Michaels in the best, but yep. he was gone by WrestleMania 50, 14, mm. 14, which was uh, obviously the early parts of 1998. We're kicking the Attitude Era off in 1997. He came back to be the commissioner for a bit. Right. What else? Did he, then he was gone, sort of 2000, yeah. 2001, wasn't he? Came back obviously in 2002 when Triple H assaulted him. So in the Attitude Era, it doesn't make sense for him to necessarily be in the best. But he was the man, he was the champion Austin beat to become champion for the first time. Very and that true. is one of my favourite, I don't know what it is about that entrance at WrestleMania 14, but that entrance is fantastic. Yep. Jim Johnston, part of that, uh, that band. The, the DX, DX band, band yeah. yeah. <laughs> With uh, that man. It feels weird. Oh, God, because I'm always suggesting that we put him in the top end of Lovely, Lovely, Lovely. Just because he wasn't around all the time. I know it's HBK, I know. I love Shawn Michaels as a dickhead baby face, though. A, a dickhead heel. Yeah, song. yeah. And he, a dickhead baby face. And a dickhead face, baby face as well, yeah. And he, a dickhead human being back then. <laughs> uh, I think he's got to be in the best. We're putting Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy in the but best. But they were the Attitude Era. Think Sean, of Michaels. Sean, he, Sean was in DX at the start. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're Sean right. is yeah, great. You're right. You're right. No, I've, I've got nothing to add to that. You're right. Yeah, he's got to be in the best. But how far up is he's, he's at least Bret Hart. He's above Bret Hart. He's got to he be above, above Bret Hart, isn't he's he? He's got to be above Bret Hart. As if we were doubting this for a second. <laughs> Sorry, viewers. Uh, between Hart and Kane, then. Do you reckon? Is that too harsh? He is the guy who Austin was feuding with to get to be the top guy. Yeah, but Kane put in the hours. Kane, yeah. Kane, Kane certainly He's did more during the Attitude Era. But DX were still... But the Triple H is... Well, they're both big players behind the scenes these days. So, of course, we're still talking about DX today. I'll drop him there. Is that harsh? Let, Let us know. know in the comments below. <laughs> Who's this cheeky This chappy? is the ass man. It's the ass man, Billy, Billy Gunn. Gunn. A person who no longer exists in WWE history, of course, because nope. of his ties. Who's to AEW. DX? <laughs> uh... So, obviously, we had DX, Billy Gunn, by the time the Attitude... Wait, he was New Age Outlaw, yeah. then joined DX... Then he was the one <laughs> with a saxophone. And then just as the Attitude Era was ending, that's when Billy and Chuck were on their way to getting whatever that ceremony was called. The commitment ceremony. Mm -hmm. Is that what we're right? But uh, 
It's tough, isn't it's it? Certain... If it was New Age Outlaws, they'd be straight in at lovely, lovely, lovely. Yeah. Billy Gunn on his own, he's all right, isn't he? He's remembered as a single star for The Rock just pulling his pants down in front of the world and just killing his main roster push. I'm Billy. <laughs> <laughs> but it, oh, he should have never been in the main event. He shouldn't. Have, sorry, in the, the the upper echelons of WWE, wasn't there? He's an upper mid card guy at best. Yeah. Because he, he, he's the worst thing is he's not a bad talker at all. He's got all the tools. He's a massive bloke. Oh, he's huge. huge, and he could go. But there's something about him that just doesn't scream main event scene. Yeah, I think. I think sort of lower down and lovely, lovely, lovely for Billy Gunn. Personally. Yeah, that's fine with me. Maybe above Shamrock, but below Edge. Yeah, that's probably fair. S.A. Rios. S.A. Rios. Is that S.A., yeah. That is S.A. Rios with the Light Heavyweight Championship. Now, all I remember from S.A. Rios back in the day is obviously being with Lita and always being on shows like Metal and yeah. Heat. Jacked. And Jacked. That is his... That's all I can say. And he was ama an amazing wrestler. One of the best moonsaults I've ever seen. Yeah, he was, he was <laughs> made, it was so much fun to watch in the ring. I don't know really who he was. I don't think he had that much of a character or anything. I think he was, he was fun to play on the games, that's for sure. Also in the Attitude Era, I think he appeared as a gear. Is that how he pronounced it? With the mask? I mm -hmm. think that was him. Um, so he did that, but that obviously went nowhere because I can't remember his name barely. <laughs> Top end of all right. Top end of all right. Hello, Bulldog. But that's not a commentary on him as a wrestler. That's just no, a commentary no. on how he was used. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's possibly the best light heavyweight champion of all time. He's probably the one that I associate with the belt the most. Yeah, him and Malenko and yeah, yeah. Jerry Lynn are the three I would yeah, jump out with me as the light heavyweight champion. There you go. There we are. Ahmed Johnson. Ahmed Johnson. Interesting one, because I bloody loved him as a kid, but he was crap. <laughs> he was crap. <laughs> he was crap. The most distracting set of tights. Not this picture. This picture is distracting <laughs> on a whole other level. But the tights he used to wear were the gaps up the thighs and whatnot. Oh, he had the little rings oh, in them, didn't he? Hell. So they could hang them up effectively. But I'm trying to remember, when, when did he drop off? The Attitude Era, because he... I remember Super Brawl 2000, he was there for WCW. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, were, he was just... He went around, he injured a few people, didn't he? 97. And then he came back and he got stiffed the hell out of by Farouk. Um, like, Nation of Domination, Ahmed didn't enjoy that much. He didn't really have much to say. Not that you could understand a pissing word he said remember, anyway. I can't remember me. Ahmed Johnson in the red, right, was yeah. genuinely enthralling. He, he had all the <laughs> intensity of Goldberg. <laughs> oh, good Lord. No, he did have a lot of intensity. He, and he... He was really, he felt unique. There wasn't anyone else doing what he did. Pearl River Plunge, amazing finisher. Yeah. But... Actually, when you go and watch the matches back, he was carried. Always. I'm, I'm edging towards just about bearable. Because I, I think his pump was 96, 97. And obviously the Attitude Era was in its infancy in 97. Mm -hmm. That's fair. Yeah, just about bearable's fair. I'm then. trying to think of what else he did. Because it was all about the Goldust feud, wasn't it? Because that's he's got Goldust in the Continental Championship round his lovely... Yeah, I, that's the thing that I most remember him for. <laughs> Except for the Nation of Domination stuff, I remember him getting kissed without his consent by yeah. Goldberg and leaving all the gold... By Goldberg. Goldberg! <laughs> <laughs> you know what I meant. Yeah, just about bearable then. Uh, but uh, probably the top end there. Yeah. Oh, it won't move. There we go. Okay. Lovely road warriors. <laughs> there you go. Uh, uh, Jerry, Jerry the King Lawler, part of the most, well, certainly one of the most iconic uh, commentary tandems in wrestling mm -hmm. history. A lot of what he said hasn't aged very well. No, but he was and very more, good at saying it. He was, and always when Kurt Angle especially was on the screen, I used to love Jerry's little, he used to just hop in after every single sentence and back up what Kurt Angle was saying. And that just helped Kurt Angle no end. Yeah. So that's the Jerry Lawler I like to remember here. Not so much with the puppies and stuff like that. When well, you, hear you know it. what? It's not his fault, is it? In the same way that a lot of these people did things which are distasteful, Jerry was playing a role, um, and he was very, very good at that role. JR and, uh, and, and King just 
arguably the they're up there with Heenan and Monsoon, aren't they? Without yeah. a doubt. And who, are, who is your favourite ta- uh, commentary tandem? I think Heenan and Monsoon still. Mine's Jim Ross and uh, Heyman. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Those two during the invasion angle were fantastic. Anyway, we might as well do Jim as well. Jim's at the bottom there. We'll put him in the best because yeah, I agree. Be, I agree. You just have to, don't you? And I'd say out of this, oh man, they're the voices of the Attitude Era. Yeah. There, below, above Brett. HBK, above Brett. I think that's fair because they are the Attitude Era. They are the Attitude Era. King. Especially King. But JR's obviously going one step ahead. Uh, JR slightly above Lord. Good old JR. So then we have Test who arrived on the scene as being a bodyguard for a band that I've forgotten. Motley Crue, was it? Yeah. Motley Crue. He then... That was legit, wasn't it? Wasn't I think it, it was, did, yeah. It used to be, yeah. Um, he then went on to marry, or almost marry Stephanie. He was part of the Union. Union! Used to love that theme, me, back in the day. The with Union? The, with Mankind and Al Snow. Oh, I hadn't thought about that in Who else? Was it Shamrock? Years. Yeah. I think it was Shamrock. Union! <laughs> <laughs> and then he went on and part of TNA... Un-Americans was ruthless aggression era. Yeah, a guy who should have always been bigger again, like even more so than Billy Gunn, for example. He, it felt like he had all the tools. I do feel sorry for him because uh, I think it was Brucey P, Bruce Pritchard on his podcast said the test was very, 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 very new when they called him up. Okay. And he was obviously before his time, before he was ready. So maybe if you spent a bit more time in developmental with Dr. Tom and all Throwing that. Throwing in the deep end. Okay, yeah. in which case... I, I, I still think he's just about bearable. I, th- I, th- well, I think it's a little bit harsh. I think uh, all right. Banging theme, of course. We've got to throw that in there with the, the lyrics that can't be heard. Uh, yeah, okay, I'm happy did, with the bottom end of all right. He was a massive man doing massive elbow drops. His the, boot was amazing. The boot was am- Oh, the noises that thing oh, would make. The stuff was Shane at SummerSlam 2001, 2000. I keep forgetting which year it was. Um, I think he did a lot. He did a lot of good, but it was never, never really went anywhere, did it? No. Yeah. All right's fair with that. There you go. Test. Uh, oh, I'll just drop him anywhere. Hardcore Holly. Big Bob. What, what, <laughs> what do you say? say? <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, he's obviously in the best, but is he above mankind? <laughs> you no. Know, the hardcore division was was really entertaining as a kid. It was chaotic. And he was a very big part of that. And, and playing the, just the horrible veteran, the just nasty man, and his dynamic with, uh, with Elroy was great. Elroy outshined him. <laughs> he did. So Crash much. was amazing. Crash I love was Crash. Amazing. But we, we go back to, I think it was right at the start of the Attitude Era, he was part of the new Midnight Express. Yeah, yeah. That was crap. Yeah, it was. Then what did he do before Crash? I'm trying Alabama to think. Slam is a great move. I'm Al- trying to find redeeming he features here. Did good stuff with Al Snow for the hardcore title when the foot was it? Those two who fought outside in the in the in the window and Bob's there in just his tights. I that, can picture it in the river. Yeah, yeah, must be. Yeah, yeah, in the must river. Have been. Must have been. I think All Right is yeah, really all right fair is fine for me. Yeah. Lower down in All Right, but All Right all the same because the stuff for the hardcore title was fun. People are going to disagree, but I, I would argue that this is perhaps one of the most agreeable lists. Lovely, lovely. Oh God, sorry. How dare you? Sorry. He's not that good. <laughs> I think this is one of the most agreeable lists so far. Because you know why, Adam? Everyone is just so defined as a character. Yep. You know where you stand with everybody, so it's quite easy to decipher who's good and who's not. Christian. So we had the brood. He rocked up looking like me, Love's son, obviously. Then we went to Edge and Christian. Amazing. And then we, just yeah, the, the dynamic tag, between them. The just tag, s- superb. Starting off moody, going to the goofy yeah. stuff. Then he was the jealous brother. Watching his brother go on to win King of the Ring. Then at last, that started. 
<laughs> you went all Adam Petit there. At last. At last. You're uh, on your own. I think the, uh, the, the Unprettier is one of my favourite finishing moves ever. Whenever I used to do a create a wrestler, I always gave him the Unprettier. I think it's a lovely move. The kill switch. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> I think he's lovely, lovely, lovely. I think he's And lovely, I'm putting lovely. one step below Edge. I'd put him above Fatuity Era. Nah, Edge was funnier in those backstage segments. No, oh. Christian had the goofy smile, didn't yeah, he? Christian did, that, yeah, Christian did. He had the better glasses all yeah, the time. Massive, I remember <laughs> buying a pair of massive glasses, walking around a shopping centre no, on the island. No, 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 no. Thinking I was the man. This did not happen. I had the yellow shirt on and everything. Totally reeks of... Yeah, okay, right. I looked on eBay, coincidentally, recently, and a pair... They might have come in a, a magazine back in the day, but a pair of Christian massive sunglasses were £60. Jesus. You could buy them for. I think they might have been signed as well. I can't remember. But I think Christian... Oh, that makes a bit more sense. I think Christian was better than oh, Edge. Yeah, in the Attitude Era? Yeah, yeah you're right. More bands, didn't he? So next up we have Deborah. <sighs> I, I, I mean, I, I think of her, when I think of Deborah, I think of her pairing with Jeff, Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> Jeff I think of her pair. <laughs> I think of her pair <laughs> in with Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> I think she's just about bearable. I think, yeah. What did she do? She was a manager. She was there to fulfil a role. A role yeah. that... I just all I remember was the repeat spot that they did all the time. Her standing on the ring apron and distracting people because of her, you know what, boojangles. Mm. Yeah, so just about better. I don't know what you say about that. She wore. Yeah, yeah she was alright, wasn't she? She wore a better short, old, short skirt. Owen. Owen, it's a bit of a weird one, isn't it? Is it a bit of a weird one? In the attitude, yeah, oh, it's, it's tough, isn't it? Yeah, it's like my favourite. Owen Hart was was before this um, the the match the opening match with Brett cage match amazing uh, oh man I I want to say lovely 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 towards the top because by this by 1997 98 he was obviously part of the Hart Foundation but then he was sort of floating around in different tag teams I think mm -hmm. and then obviously the Blue Blazer character came yeah. in once again we know what happened there which is obviously one of the biggest or the biggest tragedy in wrestling arguably yeah it's <sighs> To, he was a guy who didn't want to be there as well, isn't he? That's he wanted to be a firefighter, thing. didn't he? Yeah, he, he wanted to, they, and they wouldn't let him go. Uh, I think, like, he, you watch his matches, and he was so good in the ring. He's one of those really, really underrated guys uh, as far as, like, in ring. Everything he did was just so crisp, so smooth. I want to say the top end of lovely, lovely, lovely. Uh, he's definitely in lovely, lovely, lovely. Mm -hmm. Especially when I was watching the shoot interview with uh, Val Venus. I was very lonely a couple of years ago. And uh, he was speaking about all the ribs Owen would do when they would room together and stuff like that. And obviously that was happening during the Attitude Era. So just yeah. for the ribs alone. The there stuff with the pigs and Vince McMahon. That was during yeah. the Attitude Era, wasn't it? There you go. So I think lovely, yeah. I think that's fair. And now we have our new best of the best, Mr. D'Lo Brown. Dilo's <laughs> <laughs> great, isn't he? I used to love Dilo Brown. Yeah, the chest protector stuff, lovely frog splash. He was just, he was really, when he used to walk to the ring and his head would just be darting all he over the place. He looked like the real deal now. That's yeah. what he looked like. <laughs> I, I don't really know what his character ever was, but I was always, I always enjoyed watching it. He was sort of, he sort of, it got to the stage towards the end of the Attitude Era where he was just tagging along with anybody. Mark Henry for a bit. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Singh, I've forgotten, Tiger Ali Singh for a bit. Oh, it's it, no, him and uh, Chaz from the Headbangers, was wasn't it? Was it Chaz? Yeah, yeah. I thought, I thought, no, he might have been with, uh, with Tiger Ali Singh as well, but I, I, I remember that with the... The, the head garb. Um, yeah. Yeah, I remember him and that, that's, uh, that was, yeah, Mosh. Yeah, and then obviously in The Nation as well. Pff, he was, I, I enjoyed D'Lo. 
I always me enjoyed Delo. Is, is he great low? European champion? The, oh, oh, the greatest of all time. Oh, yeah. Is he the low down and lovely, 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 or top of all right? I think that's the area of the board we're going to here. I think he's right at the bottom of lovely, lovely, lovely. Oh, that mate. Oh man, and you see the the people. Well, he's but he's in there definitely with. better than Bulldog in the Attitude Era. Yep. Definitely better than S.A. Rios. Gangrel more iconic, you might say, but he did more than Gangrel. I think that's fair to say yeah, as well. Agreed. I think he's bottom of the. I mean, there's lovely, a reason lovely. they wanted to bring him back, isn't there? And he did come back for a time. Like he was good. Yeah, yeah. What did he do? Uh, he was on Raw a few times. <laughs> <laughs> that was about it. I don't remember. I remember seeing him on SMTV Live back in the day. Yeah. D'Lo Brown, I think that's where I fell in love with the guy. I can't remember like a single D'Lo promo or anything like that. Could he talk? <sighs> Probably. He's mm. D'Lo Brown. But I think he was. Just, I really enjoyed D'Lo for what he okay. was worth. Bottom end of lovely, lovely, lovely. I think that's, that's fair. I'll just point out now this is nuts. There's not one single get in the bin. It's, it does speak volumes, doesn't it? I think it? we're having one coming up very soon. That's okay. what I'll say. But next up we have X-Pac. What's your problem with Jericho? <laughs> X-Pac. I never got. Never got. Hated the Bronco Buster. Really hated it. I don't know why. I just thought, oh, it's stupid, that. <laughs> with all the stupid stuff happening around, I thought, that is stupid. You know that doesn't hurt. Looking at him, I tell you what, when he was on SmackDown, where sat here the week after NWO was on SmackDown, and him, when he was stood opposite Sami Zayn, and he was sort of taller than Sami Zayn, I was thinking, what the hell is going on here? He was you think about, think about X-Pac, and you think, oh, he's tiny, with little arms and whatnot. But he was so far ahead of his time, I think he's got... And he put on entertaining matches all the time. You can say yeah, whatever you want about X-Pac. His matches were always great, weren't they? They were. They were. He's got to, I think he's got to be around D'Lo Brown. Got to be. I know, yeah, people I, hate, I know people hated him. We can't, we can't put X-Pac any lower down than D'Lo Brown. And he played, <laughs> you know, he was, he was entertaining with, when he was with DX. I like his tongue. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, he was, he was good. And as you say, always great matches. Just a really, really good wrestler. Made Shane McMahon look like the best in the world before his time was due. But that's the thing that gets me. It always staggers me watching expat matches back, just how far ahead of his time he was. Yeah, he was. Unbelievable, man. Unbelievable, man. Right, is this what you're talking about? This you is the, the one. Mean Street Posse. Nope. Are bin-worthy. Nope. They are nope. bin-worthy. Uh, Rodney. Is, which one, was the, cr- which one was the blonde one? Rodney. Rodney. The single worst professional wrestler I've ever seen yep. in the WWE Dreadful. ring. Pete Gas was the, the bigger lad. And then the other one, what was his name? <laughs> uh, Joey Abs. Joey Abs, of course it was. Uh, I'm going to argue that they're kept out of the bin because I think their dynamic with Shane McMahon was really entertaining stuff. And they were, they were you can't describe them as like henchmen. That was their intended role. They were Shane's henchmen, but they were pissing useless. And that was really funny. Yeah, I guess. When you put it like that, it does make sense, doesn't it? Nobody's going in the bin here, are they? Just, uh, about, just about bearable. Just about bearable. Neil Top end. For I can't me. believe how bad Rodney was, though. Yeah, he was talking about him. Oh, crap. <laughs> Bear, uh, one of my favourite managers it's of all time. Just a... Was it all three of them were just literally Shane's pals and they were like, oh, let's train to be wrestlers? Or was it just a couple of them and one of them was a. Uh... I, remember I feel to like a couple of them had, uh, had trained and then one hadn't, which I guess was probably Rodney. <laughs> I'm not sure. I think they were all Shane's pals, though, from high school, which is an amazing story. Anyway, Paul Bearer. Paul Bearer, like, in the Attitude Era, the the transition from, oh, yes, to Paul Bearer came out without the the makeup. I was watching Kane's Return the other day, you know, when he comes out in the red and he stands at the top of the stage and then Kane comes in and dominates. Uh, Amazing, and it wouldn't have been the same without Paul Bearer. But he also did low. I I think he's... His uh, promos were amazing because he just, he, he, he was so good at making you, he was unbearable. But in the best way. Bearable. Unbearable. <laughs> and go. I still, I always wonder, you know when Austin sends him down the manhole cover, mm-hmm. how the hell did they do that? Not a clue. 
Mass magicians. Was there like that. a maybe a tunnel that would take him down a bit smoothly? Must have been. A bit smoother, sorry. I've got no idea. But yeah, you look at all the moments in the Attitude Era. His his the role his role that he played with Kane by his side, back with Taker by his side. He did so much stuff. And he's got a bit he is Is he the bottom of the best? I would put him one would, step above China. Above Jeff. It's Paul Bearer. What, what about the Dudleys there? No, one would step above the Dudleys. Well, the Dudleys going yeah. that way. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah Dudleys, fine. That's yeah. fine with me. I was verging on lovely, lovely, lovely. Just, I think it's personal preference because, um, again, grew up watching him and his, his, him and Taker uh, with the purple gloves or the grey gloves or whatever uh, was how I remember him. But he was brilliant in the Attitude Era too. Yeah. There you go. Sorry, Devon and Bubba. Then we have Vader. Vader. This is an interesting one because he should have been so much bigger, so and much then they bigger. They made him. I don't know. If, did they make him say it or did he just say it by himself? I'm a fat. I'm a fat. Yeah, they, piece he, of. Yeah, he said it in the in the promo after the match. Um, yeah. So yeah, he was dominated by Kane and a wrench. <laughs> um, Booking was his downfall because Vader is is a beast. It, it's such easy money we can as well. Blame Shawn Michaels for this. Yep. For being a bell ended SummerSlam '97, six. He, he still deserves lovely, lovely, lovely. Do you reckon? Yeah. For what he did during the Attitude Era. Yeah. How so? Because <sighs> it's not his fault. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right, aren't you? Oh, you can't put Vader in all right, can you? Well, when we're just basing yeah, this no, on a right. on a you're three right. year on a four year span, what did he do? Oh, man, because yeah, the the times that he popped up in the main event were just before the Attitude Obviously. Era. Obviously, every in your house ever. Obviously, like Vader before Attitude Era, would be in the best of just about any tiered ranking. But yeah. we're talking about the four-year span that the Attitude Era was. And the my main memory for Vader was a feud with JBL, which I think JBL eventually came out on top of, if I might be mistaken there, and also the stuff he did with Kane. That's all yeah. I can remember from the Attitude Era. Because obviously yeah. the Sean stuff was pre-Attitude Era. Like, yeah, with, with Jim Cornette and all that lot. Yeah, yeah, he, he's all right. He's it? all right, oh, isn't man, he? Man, that sucks, It is, it? Yeah. I don't like that. Don't like that one bit. <laughs> Jericho. The best day, well, the second best debut for me in Attitude Era. No, it wasn't. Behind Kane. No, no, I, I, Kane. I don't rate uh, Jericho's debut was good and everything. Put no, no, what? <laughs> you, you talked earlier uh, about Rock tearing Billy Gunn a new one. He did that with Jericho as well. And then Jericho, people think that Jericho just went straight into the main event picture. No, Jericho no. slid straight down. I don't think that was an amazing debut. Debuting and getting, and I, I've said this in videos before, and people disagree with me, whether you agree or disagree. He came out there and he was immediately humiliated by Rock. It sort of worked into his character, but it took him a while to recover. I think people stop remembering that debut. They start, the, the debut is classed as the countdown timer, yeah. and then the second it says Jericho on the Tron, and then it stops. And maybe the pose, yeah. And uh, welcome to Raw is Jericho. Yep. And that's when the debut Okay, stopped. that's fine. But that's not where the debut stop really is, it? No, the vignettes, the, the countdown, enthralling stuff. So if we take this all the way through until WrestleMania 17, a night where Jericho defeated William Regal in the opener of the night in a really bloody quick match, which ended... Following the piss drinking? A lie. Yeah, yeah. you would assume those two together would have done something fantastic. I think and it was it a lion He won with a lion salt, yeah, I think. Uh, uh, right. So we looked before that, we had the stuff with China, which I think it, it, he did, it did good things, Jericho, there, the best mm -hmm. he could have in the situation. Before that, the Road Dog debut stuff was sort of harking back to his WCW poo-housery, if you mm -hmm. want. Um, I think he's top end of lovely, lovely, lovely here. I, I don't, think, he I, I don't the think he's top end at all. I think he's sort of lower down, lovely, lovely, lovely. He was always one of the most popular acts on the show. You that much you can say. But what he actually did up until 2001, the rest of Jericho's career after 2001 was amazing, wasn't it? Because that's when he won the uh, Undisputed title. 
think about the matches he was having, like uh, Benoit. They, they, they were, some of them were show stealers that he was having. Yeah. Maybe I'm being a bit too harsh there. I forgot about Benoit. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I say the top end of lovely, 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 because he hadn't reached the best yet. Yeah. Now he's in the best, obviously. Yeah. Um, but uh, Definitely lovely, lovely, lovely. Oh, okay. Somewhere, somewhere around the top there. Then we have Road Doggy Dog. Um, Loved him as a kid. So, 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 so did, entertaining, he? wasn't he? It's an un unbelievable what a great talker he was. Yeah. When you think back. Just, it's one of the, like, the best crowd participation bits ever. The, mm. the New Age Outlaw shtick at the beginning. Oh, you didn't know? <laughs> you better call uh, somebody. <laughs> the deal, double G, again, quick, get, get rowdy, get rowdy. And that's a moves. That song, when you listen to the full version on the Uncaged album, whatever number it is, Road Dog, in the middle of that song, just starts saying rowdy in some ways which you never could dream of. It's like, ha! Yeah, yeah, we're getting rowdy. Obviously, he can just sing. Showing off. Obviously, he can sing, and I can't. But just imagining Road Dog with his dreadlocks <laughs> in the studio, proper good. Oh, just magical. You would have been stuff. having a whale of a time. So yeah, we had New Age Outlaws, DX Road Dog, and then uh, with K Quick. I think that's as far as we can go with yep. Road Dog in the Attitude Era. So I'm going to say here, he's in Lovely, Lovely, Lovely. If Billy Gunn is, that's for sure, yeah. and if Godfather is. So let's just argue, who's better, Billy Gunn or Road Dog? Road Dog. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> <laughs> Not much arguing there, pal. <laughs> right, Benoit. So Top end of lovely, lovely, lovely at this point, came in with the, Came in with the Radicals. Yep. They had their thing on Raw, getting beat early on and whatnot. Yes, and then uh, the stuff, what was the sort of stuff before? WrestleMania 17, he faced Angle in an unbelievable technical masterpiece if you mm -hmm. want before that we had the stuff with Jericho he flirted with the world title didn't he with the was it yeah. the rocket fully loaded uh, was it fully loaded I think it was something mm. like that put me right if I'm wrong um, yeah he's I, in lovely lovely he lovely. is in lovely 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 it's another guy here hadn't re reached his peak yet no absolutely um, not so yeah Lovely, lovely, lovely. That was Great matches intense that was the thing he's much like one. much like Brett as a baby for, he, not, not as Brett was a better babyface than Benoit was, but Benoit was in the same ilk as Brett. Like, it was just no nonsense and like, whoa. Technical. He's hard, him, yeah. and he's good at the wrestling. Pillman. Pillman, interesting. Because uh, the, I mean, Pillman's got a gun, was, was great, captivating character, really brilliant promo, and I liked his commentary work as well. Um, how, how far into the Attitude Era did he get? It wasn't that far. No. Uh, what event was it? He just passed away before. I've forgotten, completely forgotten what event it was, but it was the day of a pay-per-view, wasn't it? All I can picture away? is the thing coming up on the opening of Raw, so I, I, no, I can't remember. Um, but in terms of the moments, that, yeah, Austin uh, Pillman's got a gun is the moment, isn't it? He was part of the Hart Foundation for a little bit as well. Yeah. Uh, but apart from that... Unhinged Pillman was brilliant. Yeah. It really was. So I'd put him uh, in lovely, lovely, lovely. I'd lower down in lovely, lovely, lovely. Yeah. Fully on board with that. He just, uh, what a bloody, what a shame. <laughs> yeah, tragic. There's a lot of tragedy on here, unfortunately. And then we had Jacqueline, who had her chest whapped out in England. Rebellion? She did, was it yeah. rebellion? It was either that or insurrection. Yeah, I think it was rebellion. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the handprint. Uh, not, the, not the handprints, what we're talking no, about. The, the, that was was uh, right, everything was out. Um, I, you know what? I'd have to go back and watch some of Jacqueline's matches. Um, she was. She's w very celebrated now, but I don't remember thinking, oh, this is amazing as a kid, but once again, probably limitations put on the female wrestlers. It, that was it, because in WCW, she was wrestling guys before she joined WWF, I think. I right, think that was right. okay, I didn't know and that. Obviously, she flirted with that a bit more in sort of, was it 2002, mm -hmm. three when she won the Cruiserweight title? Yep. Um, on SmackDown. But again, yeah, she was very much just a, a victim, because I don't think she was there to be, you know, cast in the same role as Sable and people like that. She no. was there to be a wrestler. 
Yeah, yeah, she was, and I, I, I assume she was comfortable with doing all that stuff. But that, yeah, it did. It didn't especially feel in fitting for somebody who could, yeah, I guess, go in the ring. Like, yeah, Sable the cat, for example. I just realised Sable is not here. Where would no, you put? Not. Where would you put Sable? Uh, all right. She didn't help for me personally. No. I, I'm the man. Oh, I'm the man. I'm the <laughs> woman. What was that catchphrase? She used to growl. <laughs> no, she always used to say that catchphrase like a robot. I'm all the women want to be with and the men. Oh, uh, yeah. To... Whatever it was. Well, you know what? If she's not on here, yeah, I'd put her in, in a top end of all right just because her thing with uh, Mark Merrow I thought was tremendous. Oh, the power bomb. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'm going to say top end of all right. She probably didn't get the show off as much as she could have done. Yeah. Which isn't her fault, but. Uh, Tory. Yeah, man, I, Tory. Man, I, how dare you! I don't know. I honestly, I, I my memories of her are just. She turned, I think she turned, really. she turned up as a sort of super fan for Sable, I think it was. Right. And then she started, uh, it was very, I think it was very much like Mickey James and Trish, that sort of, that sort of style. Was it, was it Sable? I can't remember. She always felt like a background character to me. She didn't really say much or do much. She never involved in matches, sure, but she was just there. Do you remember when she used to wear that, like, airbrushed suit, like Giant Gonzalez, but like with tiger stripes on and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah. Never understood why. Nope. Uh, just about bearable. I think just about bearable's fine. Fair. Or is, he, or is she bin worthy? What did what she do? She keep. What did she do to keep her out the bin? Mm, the stuff with pack. Oh, maybe you're right. I, I'm. Could I know if, if I'm struggling. She didn't out memorable, did she? No, did she, she didn't. Tory. The stuff with Kane, yeah, but that was more about Kane and Axe Pack, wasn't it? And she didn't, I mean, she, she played her role, but it wasn't like an integral, it, it could have been anyone else doing that, couldn't it? And it would have worked. Go on, let's put her in the yeah, bins. Let's put her in the Go bins. On, yeah, yeah. Turn on your back on Kane like that. Uh, show. Weird. Debuted yeah. at St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Um, and then it all unraveled really quickly because he was doing the show stuff because it was obvious that someone backstage had said you haven't got enough charisma kid so it was like oh well we'll make it a storyline then let's show that the big show can have fun let's have him dress up as a Scotsman and Hulk Hogan and whatever else he dressed up mm -hmm. as and then he was gone for a bit wasn't he? he was sent back down to developmental for uh, to lose weight and get back in shape and sort himself out a bit and the attitude here a big show didn't really live up to the hype because he won it the title. He certainly didn't. He won the title, lost it to Triple H very quickly yeah. once again. I don't know what to say about that. The, the thing is, he was—he's uh, a giant, isn't he? And it's difficult, obviously, when you're when you're a real life giant, not to play that role well. And I think he did. I think he was—it it was perfectly serviceable stuff. I put him in lovely, lovely, lovely. Yeah, yeah. It's the Big Show, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was certainly not my favourite era of Big Show. Uh, what is your I don't know what it is. God, it's, it's been there for, for so long. I, I loved the giant in WCW. You know, I yeah. growing up with that terrifying Doing stuff man. off the top move. Uh, yeah. to, off the top rope. Sorry. Oh man, yeah, those those moonsaults and that. Um, okay, so yeah, lovely, lovely, lovely. I think that's just about. Is that he's another iconic character of the Attitude Era, isn't he? Yep. What does everybody want, Adam? They want. Hey, what does that mean? Oh. Uh, I. Snow's great, isn't he? He's a really good wrestler. You know, an underrated, underrated part of Al Snow's career is when he turned like proper heel, and he had that theme. What a theme that was! I can't remember what it. I think it's called Snowplow. If you look on YouTube, I think Snowplow's the original. Is it? Yeah. Go and look up Al Snow's the, the heel remix theme. version. Where what was it like? Whispering or something in the background? Am I thinking the right thing? No, it just sounds. The beginning sort of sounds like it's playing in reverse. It's a hard thing to describe. It didn't have any words or anything. 
Um, but that part, in, obviously, Al Snow. Oh, it's like the yellow, the like that. <laughs> so, sort of like that. It's like, <laughs> sort of like <laughs> Shut up, Adam. Uh, yeah, I would put him in. Lovely, lovely, lovely. If Delo's there, so Snow. You had the stuff for the hardcore title. You had the stuff for the light, stuff. the light heavyweight title. Good stuff. Uh, European champion, Al Snow, very funny. Trainer. Yeah, was he was just, good there, wasn't he? Just before, or wait, was it just out? I can't remember. Um, but yeah, he's at least, he's better than D'Lo. As much as I like D'Lo. He's higher. Yeah, he is. Over as hell. Higher up the next pack as well. He's lovely, 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 I'd say. Yeah, fine by me. Another example of everyone having something to do up and down the card. Dean Malenko, a, a gimmick I never quite understood. Not yes, he's a, a handsome man, a, a devilishly handsome Oh, you're talking man. about like Lothario Dean Malenko. James Bond Dean yeah, Malenko, yeah, sure. when he had that titantron where it had all the words like lovable and <laughs> sassy and sexy. It was self-aware though, wasn't it? They knew it was silly because <laughs> Dean Malenko was a man seemingly with no charisma. The Iceman. He was the Iceman. Uh, so good in the ring. So good in the ring. I think the best days have been before, haven't they? He peaked with Cyclo player, whatever it was called, in WCW and Jericho. Oh, with the Armada. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, it's another wrestler I can only really remember, apart from obviously the debut with the Radicals appearing on your metals and your heats and stuff like that, with the no, light heavyweight I, title. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Aside from the Radicals, uh, I don't know. He had the, just good matches, but you didn't appreciate that when you were young. When you're uh, surrounded by all of these incredibly colourful characters, Dean Malenko was just sort of there. You can appreciate him now, but back then, did you? So, yeah. I I'm, I'm urging right. like, yeah, yeah, I think the top end of all right there. Yeah. So let me go on to Viscera. What do you say about Viscera? He was there. He was, he was there. He was big. He was big. He wore a bin bag. He had contact lenses in. He had a funny haircut. Just about bearable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Never he had a great match. He, did he didn't hit his stride until he was Big Daddy V. Yeah, and that didn't last. The world's long. largest love machine. Yeah, didn't he get? He was. He ended up being released for being too overweight, didn't he? Just did after he? the Big Daddy V thing, and yeah, and then tragically, obviously, because he was the world's largest away. love machine. Then he went into the the weird attire with the the straps. Oh yeah, yeah. When he was, who was he managed by? Matt Striker was it? Yeah, caught you. That sounds right. I can't remember. Didn't really watch ECW, me. No, uh, I think he was just about bearable. I think just about bearable. Wait, what, he was what? interesting to like look at. I know that sounds he did, weird. He did, he did an impressive wheel kick thing. Mm -hmm. I can't think of a single good match. Not that that's what this is all about, because there are other guys here who are who are ranked fairly highly who probably didn't have amazing matches. But Viscera, he was he always was, a background character, wasn't he? Always. He was, but he was very unique. Used to play as him in the game a lot. So what appealed to me about Viscera, just the fact that he was so different looking, I guess. Size. Yeah. Oh, he's a big like, boy. Like the girth. Right. All right. Bottom of all right. Fair. I think that's fair. Eddie. Guerrero, he's lovely, 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 isn't he? Because he didn't definitely. reach the best until later on. As I say, this stuff with China, Mamacita, fantastic. The Radicals. He was injured for a large part of that because of his elbow, which obviously hampered what he Early could on, do. wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. I think he did. They debuted him before he was fully fit and he re-injured what, what was injured. Oh. So he was out for even longer. Um, I think it was a match on SmackDown that happened in. Um, we could talk about his great matches all day, but I'd love again, his, I love his smile. It's another. <laughs> I, I do. You see him smile. It's like, oh, Eddie. <laughs> He's great, isn't and he? It's another guy who hit the heights after that actually era stopped because it was always around. Even well, I guess early two thousand and one, he was always European, wasn't he? Rather than mm -hmm. intercontinental. Intercontinental was afterwards. I was talking to Lewis, uh, one of our writers, and he used to be a pro wrestler, and he uh, he mentioned something. It's like you don't necessarily appreciate just how good Eddie was unless you wrestled 
uh, and you can you can identify just the little things in the ring that he's doing. Everything was just so fluid, so smooth. Um, obviously, he's one of the best in the ring of all time. He was a great promo as well. He had all the charisma in the world. During the Attitude Era, as, as I say, he just hadn't reached his peak yet. There's nothing against Eddie Guerrero in any way, but if we're talking about the Attitude Era, he's lovely, lovely, lovely. Yeah. And especially, take yourself back to when you were a kid during the Attitude Era. When Eddie appeared, did you go like, oh, it's Eddie Guerrero? No, because I found it really interesting. The dynamic with China is how I remember him. I remember Latino Heat was great. I think, guess it was more 2002 when he was just a heel that hit. It looked like he come and, he came to work. Yeah. He used to look like he was really sad being at work when he was in the Continental Championship. I always remember thinking, oh, Eddie Guerrero. Because he never appreciated the good wrestling. No, he just saw the guy who looked miserable and he thought, oh, it's him again. Yeah. But again, looking back now, obviously one of the best of all time. In there, deservedly so. Interesting one here. Linda McMahon, Linda McMahon in the, in bin. the bin. She's rubbish, wasn't she? Never she rubbish. Under, obviously, she created one of the most celebrated and iconic moments in Attitude Era history at uh, WrestleMania. But she was still gashed. By hoofing her <laughs> husband <laughs> in the nads. She was still rubbish, wasn't she? Her, it's funny because it's bad. And it, it, it speaks volumes that her true calling as a performer was when she was in a comatose state. <laughs> And that's like the rest, the rest of the McMahon's here really nailed it. Like Vince, obviously one of the best heels ever. Steph played her role very well. I enjoyed Shane and the Mean Street Posse and all that stuff. Linda was just this befuddled I've old. I never bat. understood the pop. Why would Linda McMahon get such a big pop every single time she appeared? I never understood it ever. No she matter what Jen says on this week in wrestling. No, she she couldn't talk. She couldn't do anything. She could just stand up. Mm. Kurt Angle. That's all you need to say. Kurt Angle. He's in the best here. Yep. He was again, when you're a kid, the guy in the main event scene, you're thinking, oh, why is he in the... Oh, I just don't like him. What a dick. But he's fantastic. One of the best of all time. For all the right reasons, you're thinking he's a dick. Because yeah. he's so good at it. He's yeah. so good. And like the, the various iterations of Kurt Angle, uh, whether you get super intense Kurt Angle, where you get goofy, goofy, comedic Kurt Angle, it's all just brilliant yeah. stuff, isn't it? It's all great. So he he, it doesn't take himself too seriously. I really no. like that in people. He debuted... Late 99 against Meat at Survivor Series, I think it was. Of course it was Meat. Uh, and then right into the start of 2000, the uh, what did the, the combined title of his Inter-European Championship. Mm -hmm. What do you call Eurocontinental. Euro that yeah. was the one. Had that reign. That all came to an end at WrestleMania 2000, I think it was. And then we went on to, he was straight in the main event scene, wasn't he? He was the heel in the main event scene. Yep. I can't think of anyone who has taken to wrestling like a, a duck to water like Kurt Angle. He's, he's just... He's, you got it. He just got it. And not just like the in-ring stuff and transitioning from amateur wrestling to pro wrestling. He just got he got the characters, he got the storytelling. He's he's great, obviously. I'm gonna say to you, Adam, let's see what we say here. In between Undertaker and Kane. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Oof. Mark Henry, just not that good back then. Nah, not <laughs> that good. Think, I think they signed him to a uh, but there's this ten-year deal. Rumor isn't it? They signed him to the ten-year deal and then did everything booking-wise to try and get him to say, "Oh, this isn't working out. I'm going to leave." Mm -hmm. Made with, made with, a fool of him. And... Yeah, stuff with May Young, which was nice. I like it. It was it was it was it was, right. it was nice. Yeah. <laughs> I, I liked him because he, he he persevered with it, right? And he was never entertaining back then. Like sexual chocolate was just there. The did stuff nothing with his mom was awkward as yeah. hell when he was kissing the the. the what was that? I don't know. Oh. It, it's not until the Hall of Pain stuff that he got good. It yeah. took that long. <laughs> that long. And like, I would say 
just about bearable. I mean, I'd say era. just about bearable. Was he bin worthy? No, nah. I think the storylines keeps him out the bin. Yep. But yeah, just about bearable. Didn't really do anything, did he? Trips. Obviously in the best. Yeah. My immediate thought is below Kane, but above Sean. Because he was there for longer. Because he was there for longer. Matches. He was the Good main event level stuff. heel. Yeah, he was, yeah. He was he was the third man really, wasn't he? He it was it was Austin, then Rock. He was always the guy getting beat by Austin or Rock, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, then Triple H, but he was he was good and he, he his main event matches were always entertaining. Mm -hmm. Lots of shenanigans, obviously. And he always killed himself. He was always yeah, he bleeding that period of time. Every single main event match he had, he was always bleeding. So you're <laughs> saying uh, between Kane and Sean was that? I'd say that, yeah. Oh, I feel but weird putting him below Kane. I might be slightly biased. You might. <laughs> I, I would put him above Angle. Would you? Yeah, I'd put him between Taker and Angle. The big there. was obviously part of DX. That was obviously spoke for itself. And yeah. he was the leader of his own DX. Yeah. Corporation he was in. Mm -hmm. uh, then he was part of the, the, the two man power trip with Austin. The stuff in the with, Attitude Era, I think he's better than Angle. The stuff with Catless Jack, I think he was, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. The st yeah. The stuff, the, the stuff he put his body through during that period of time was unbelievable. Could he be more than Undertaker? In the Attitude Era, perhaps as a whole, no. Attitude Era, as a microcot, yeah. Yeah. Bollocks to it, there you go. Blackman. In the bin, are you taking the piss? No, I'm not. What? Why? What is he? He waves sticks about. Don't be Jack the Jobber on me here. No, 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 I'm not. I, I'm not a massive <laughs> Steve Blackman fan or anything. I never... But when he puts a bin on your head and he goes... <laughs> bow, 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 with the with the sticks, are you, are you taking the piss? You're going to put him in the same place as Linda McMahon and Tory? No, I'm not. No, you said that. Uh, just about bearable then. I never under... He, yes, he looked amazing. Yes, he hit new heights when he started doing that Bounty Hunter show and started shouting against <laughs> that fat bitch in the window. Uh, if you haven't seen that video, get on YouTube and watch it. But, uh, head cheese. <laughs> All right, that's, uh, that didn't last long. Come on. Come Lion's on. Den. His involvement in hardcore matches was were great. I, I don't want him any lower than all right. I'm not suggesting he goes any higher either, but I'm <laughs> suggesting he's all right. I guess the hardcore matches The theme were... was great when he came out. It's not, yeah, I used to enjoy the theme. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll go with all right then. It's just I never, never understood him. Never, there's ever not much did. to understand. No, there's not. He had some sticks, but he was entertaining. In, hard, yeah, in the hardcore matches, yeah, I'll give you that. Stooges. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah? They were great. Yeah, they were very Go good. Go back and watch did. them. Yeah. They were fantastic. Yeah. Just Are they in the best? No. <laughs> goofy old codgers, weren't they? <laughs> uh, and they? I mean, let's not talk about the ball gown match. But Why not? <laughs> okay, let's talk about the ball gown match. What was your favourite spot, Ross? <laughs> oh, I love the bit where... I can't remember anything that happened. I think there was a Bronco show. Buster in there. Or was yeah. it a stick face? It was one or the other. Great stuff. Uh, all right. Oh, they've got to be in lovely, lovely, lovely. <laughs> Why? They were Vince McMahon's stooges. The little reactions they would always do behind Vince McMahon would always make me laugh. They are funny. Yeah. They are funny in their role. Oh. Two old men who shouldn't be out there, but they're giving it their best and they're having a great time while they're doing it. They they never made anyone else look stupid. They were all the, always the butt of the joke, so I think I'm going to agree you with you. you got to appreciate that. Lower end of lovely, lovely, lovely. Especially That's for Blackman, all right? <laughs> <laughs> Perry Saturn. Saturn. Oh, another interesting one. I love the Rings of Saturn. A guy with not a great character or everything. Moppy. But, yeah, all right. <laughs> not a great character. You're welcome. Uh, oh, man. I, I think he's all right. I think all right is just about the limit you can go. As, a hell as, of a wrestler. 
It's weird, isn't it? Because he did that stuff with, uh, I think he was called Mike Bell, the jobber. On, yeah, yeah, the guy he, who he tossed out the ring and the resulted ring, yeah. in the Moppy storyline. And that's what gave, and that was the most success he probably had in WWF at the time. What, knackering Mike Bell? No, the Moppy stuff was the most over he ever it's was. The, yeah, it's the most memorable <laughs> iteration of Perry Saturn, I guess. Uh, he could always really go in the ring. Um, and his time in WCW often proved that. He had some pretty decent matches there, but I don't think he ever really got a chance to show that off too much no. with the Radicals and in WWE. I think yeah, All Right, right is about fair. Who's this? I can't even this tell is, who that is. Is, is that Crash? Crash Holly, who is going in lovely, lovely, lovely. Yeah, agreed. Just for that 24-7 rule reign and the stuff he went through in the kiddie pool and all that stuff, fantastic. Yeah. I can, his, his little smug face that I can picture on the SmackDown 2 Know Your Role loading screen is enough to get <laughs> well, him lovely, scales. lovely for me. <laughs> oh, allegedly, allegedly 500 pounds. <laughs> so good, so good. It's yeah. just a shame he wasn't around that long. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It, like, when he's, he was the best in the hardcore division at running away. <laughs> He was so so entertaining. Yeah, I'm. I'm happy I don't understand what you know. We can, it's probably been said by a million people, but why is the 24/7 title not what he was doing? No, why is it not no. just exactly what he was doing? Remember how excited we were when it finally yeah. got introduced. All the potential in the world. No. Right. Lovely, lovely, lovely. There. Uh, is this just Ivory on her own? I see. Right to censor. Right to censor as a whole. whole. Okay. Um. I mean. I'm veering towards lovely, lovely, lovely here. The the gimmick was perfect. Yeah. Because they obviously they got a real life complaint from what, what was it the parents? What group was it that complained? I always forget the word called. But uh, they put this gimmick out in response to this complaint oh, and what they were doing on SmackDown and stuff like that. I forget what it was called. Yeah, and they referenced it. Yeah. I said Fathers for Justice. The though. parents really of something. The parents yeah, of America. I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, and just yeah, when that siren would hit, you think, ah, oh, bloody hell. Jim Ross's hatred was uh, for Stephen Richards' white socks always got me. For some reason, why Jim Ross was so against white socks with black trousers, we'll never know. Stevie Richards is amazing as well. I have a super kick. Yeah, Hell of a super Ivory kick. was the foil for China at WrestleMania 17. She played her role in that. Fant- that was her yep. peak as a wrestler in WF, I thought. Fair. Uh, you know what? The, the reason that they were so effective for me, especially at that Bull age, Buchanan. is because Bill Buchanan was... was <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it, it's... <laughs> They were preventing you from seeing the stuff you wanted to see, right? I was a, a, a horny little teenager, <laughs> right? And I wanted to see, like, however awful it is to talk about now, I wanted to see the nudity and I wanted to see the swearing. That's what we were all tuning in for. It's the attitude era. I don't need to explain that. And they prevented you from get, getting what you want. And that's just what, that's the epitome of what a heel is. Yeah. The, lovely, 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 I think. It didn't, it didn't have the legs, did it? It didn't go for that long. No, it didn't. No, it should have gone for longer. Yeah. But it, you still... You still remember it. Mm-hmm. You feel it, it like it feels like maybe it went on for longer than it did because it's so. You think of it when you think of the Attitude Era. Okay, lovely, lovely, lovely. Ricky, Ricky Fatu did it uh, for the Rock. He's all right. Yeah, so main eventer during this time. Remember, mm-hmm. he was the guy who ran over Stone Cold. The should have never been there though, should he? No, wow. Bad man, Rikishi was was just bad. Just a bad man. Yeah, just a... not much to him. <laughs> He obviously hit new heights when Too Cool became a thing. And he was dancing, shaking his ass around with Scotty Too Hotty and Grandmaster Sex yeah, A. Yeah, a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, the anger with Austin, then he was in the, the, hell, the six man hell in the cell. He, he was fell always, out of place. All these massive stars, and then Rikishi's also there. He was always imposing, though, wasn't he? He was always a good wrestler. No, he was silly. Silly? If I think of Rikishi, I think, oh, silly. I think of the man who danced. I don't think I, when he came out in his dressing gown as the bad man. I don't think, oh, that's imposing. I just think that's a, that's a big guy who used to dance, that's and now he's enough. taking himself too seriously. I'd put him in all right. I think yeah, that's the lowest he can go. Maybe it's a bit too harsh. We'll never know. Then we have too cool, Grandmaster Sexy, and Scotty Too Hotty. 
They were just fun, weren't they? They were fun. Which makes me want to put them in lovely, lovely, lovely. I think, should, I think that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Remember when Grandmaster Sexy would go on the top rope and put his goggles <laughs> down and, yeah, Scotty, do you want to do the worm? Yeah, really yeah, Everyone would have a great time when they came out dancing. Everyone would join in at the end when they would do the bloody thing at the end. Grandmaster Sexy, that, for some reason, would always move like that on the early SmackDown games. Have a go at me. <laughs> I can't do it. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with lovely, lovely, lovely. They were there. just a good hoot, weren't they? So then we get on to Trish Stratus, who debuted and then was almost immediately part of TNA. She was a dog for a bit. <coughs> the Vince McMahon thing. Yes. Uh, she was Vince's mistress, which put Linda in the comatose state. Her and Stephanie had an unexpectedly great match, didn't they, that one time? Yeah, it was good. Um, obviously, this is the very start of Trish Stratus, and we didn't really see the best of her until Ruthless Aggression was really off the floor. You could always tell she had something special. and it, It's one of those things, once again, with the limitations imposed, she stood out in the same way that Lita did. She had good matches with Lita as well. With she did. TNA versus uh, Team Extreme. Team Extreme, bloody hell. Ross I'd put her in lovely, lovely, lovely. Do you reckon I was going to say top of all righteous for attitude? If we're saying it stopped at 2001. Her promos backstage were always really good as well. When she was, um, when she was basically trying, using, um, using her sexiness, I guess, to get what she wanted. I thought she did that really well. Like that, She played that character Hell well. of a kisser as well. With Hell of a kisser. God <laughs> almighty, they would put hair on your eyes. Um, yeah, I'm fine with that, I guess. Yeah. That it was an opener. It was it was TNA, all three of them involved with Team Extreme, all three of them as well, and it was it was great. I think it might be fully loaded again. Right. Someone put me right in the comments below. It was early on in Trish's career when she didn't really wasn't really known for wrestling. <laughs> What's the thing here? The thing is here, Adam, because he's the greatest <laughs> ring announcer of all time. Yeah, yeah. I really liked him as well. But yeah, Fink's there. <laughs> I watched back the thing. You know when he uh, when uh, was it Punk and Del Rio? See him, uh, and he came out and he's just well enough. It meant so much to him. His adorable little pea head. <laughs> Crinkling <laughs> up as he's crying, Punk comes out. Oh, what, are you, what are you doing here? He was brilliant, wasn't he? He's, I love he's the top thing. of lovely, lovely, lovely. He is. How can you not call Howard Fink a lovely, lovely, he's lovely? He's great, isn't he? He's adorable. Is he in the best? Gorgeous. <laughs> we'll put him in the best. Yeah. Let's put him below China. I oh. thought I'd put him in just because he is another voice of the Attitude Era, isn't he? Where's bloody Kevin Kelly? <laughs> <laughs> okay, there you go. We'll put him in the best. I was right for putting him in this tier, wasn't I? He is one of the voices of the Attitude Era. Like Chimmel was about there as well, wasn't he? You <laughs> <laughs> You just love Fink, don't I you? I do. I love Howard Finkel. So then we have Kai, Kai and Tai, who I could have split up into, uh, into one each, Funaki and uh, Taka, but I don't think Funaki wrestled on his own until the ruthless aggression really kicked off. Yeah, and if you had, like, I, I forgot about uh, Taka's light heavyweight stuff as well. Yeah. yeah um, they were funny. They were funny. I don't think they're lovely, lovely, lovely funny. Yeah, but let's do the, I'll, I'll do the, you do the voice. Indeed. You know what what you Shane McMahon? Was it Shane doing the voice? Yeah. <laughs> I think they're top end of all right. They were. They were. They were obviously, he, apparently, they're both really legitimately hard. Oh, Tacker especially. All, all the Kai and Tai lads who debuted was part of that stable with Choppy Choppy PP and whatnot yeah. were very dangerous men, legitimately. Oh, right. Um, but yeah, they both did the heel stuff and the babyface stuff very well. Funaki, SmackDown was the morning announcer. I know that was after the Attitude Era, but still. The stuff that were indeed with it, oh, it was just they, fun, wasn't it? They were both very good at taking a beating. That's what I remember. They was sold it? very well. And Tacker nearly took the title off Triple H, didn't he? Oh, I yeah, thought, I forgot I about thought, that. I thought it was going to happen. Oh, and, and props to the Mishinoku driver as well. Yeah. What, what a finisher. Think, oh, God, yeah. what a way to finish. The, uh, where are we going? Top end of all right? What a way to finish. Right. Okay, so here's... It, it, obviously, it's the best. Stone Cold Steve Austin, by the way. Um, 
above or below the rock so we're looking at this obviously the vacuum of the attitude era rock and austin clearly the two top stars of this era but who is adam the top star okay in your opinion we'll go one two three and then we're going to say it at the same time one, one two, two three, three stone austin. austin yes <laughs> yeah, there we that. go stone cold is the best of the best Bret hard changer catchphrase he he is the attitude era that is. is the man that embodies the attitude era he couldn't have done it without vince but Austin was unlike anything we'd seen before, and he, he propelled wrestling into a pop culture phenomenon. He's Stone Cold Steve Austin. What do you say? What, did he, what do you say? We're going to celebrate Austin 316 day on Monday. Can't wait to see what he does. This is going up before the <laughs> Yeah, it's going up this weekend. <laughs> um, but yeah, what do you have to say about Stone Cold Steve Austin? Him versus McMahon is the main feud of the Attitude Era. Austin's popularity is what everyone seems to credit as being the thing that took that era to the very next level. It's All the most the mo popular storyline ever. The moments you can reel them off one by one, can't you? The Zamboni, the uh, the bloody Austin Tyson, Beer bar, yeah, the yeah, heel yeah. turn eventually at WrestleMania X7. Oh, heel Austin's my favourite Austin. Why? I love heel Austin. Just the what intensity, theme? the intensity of the bloke. Yeah. Unbelievable scenes. Yeah, fair. Okay, well, no, oh, I don't know. Anti and the comedy, the, com amazing. the comedy as well with Kurt well, Angle, the, the cowboy hats. Yeah. So, well, yeah, I mean, I don't We can list off more moments if you want, but he's a yeah, stone yeah, Steve Austin, Austin, isn't he? I don't yeah. know what you're saying. You might disagree that he is. What could be the argument that people might say that The Rock is the bigger one? Because he's more popular now. Well, that's not the point, is no, it? No, no, exactly. No, no, he, Austin was better. Yeah, he just was, wasn't he? Yeah, and I, although he had to adjust his wrestling style because of the injury and everything, he still made it work. He still made that. And, like, Rock at that point, I guess, was better in ring than Austin, but it didn't matter because he's stone Cold Steve Austin, isn't he? So, we've come to the end of this tiered ranking for the Attitude Era. The only category, because we've been pretty unanimous with all of them so far, is the bin. Does anybody deserve to get out the bin? If there's one person that does, it's Tori, but she doesn't. <laughs> have there fun we have with Linda. It. That is it for this tier rank. God, Linda's crap, isn't she? She is, isn't she? It's so rubbish. Don't let Jennifer Louise tell you. ironic. It must be. She is... Bloody awful. The most baffling pop in professional wrestling history was the Linda McMahon pop. I never understood it. Never will. Anyway, that's our ranking. Let us know what you think in the comments below. Adam, any cl Sorry, Gary. Any closing <laughs> thoughts? Yeah, right, Gary. No. <laughs> Uh, no, no, not at all. I think uh, I think we've absolutely nailed this, and nobody's going to disagree with anything that we've done today. Howard Finkel. <laughs> we'll see you next time on Tier things what's it called this tier list, list. yeah Jeez. bloody hell they take a while these don't they i'm knackered hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors saving you money and potentially your cat's life Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Cultaholic.